have a new floating head. It's a head that's, he's not a detective, but he's a floating head in our shot now. A little floatiness. You, uh, you are, okay, you don't have to do that. The, the disembodied voice that you, you, the people always hear that they're, they're kind of, uh, like who the hell is that crazy person talking off the side? I'm sure that they we know can, that it's... We can just barely hear. Really? Yeah, well. You barely hear me? You, your microphone's way over there. Well, yeah. And so all the microphones pick you up just a little bit. Uh... The disembodied head. We have to get you your own microphone. Okay. And then you can... You can do your audio duties and video duties while. Here's the audio man. Who tell tell the tell the people to tell the people who you are. I'm Aaron. Okay, why don't you sit up, like not like lay down on your back. If I sit up. You're fine. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why you would uh why you would lay on your back like that, but you're you're not you're not big balling like that to lay on your back in a podcast. All right, so here we are. Here we are. What day is today? Mommy today is, is never going to be taller. Today is the the twenty third. September twenty third. We are here on the twenty third. Setup setup number. What is this? Setup number four. This is a new a new version, a new setup, a new thing. I don't know. I think we're gonna. Our lighting is terrible. I need I need lighting. I need better. Why didn't you put the little light on? The little lights on. But it's on the back, and if oh. we change it and put it up here, then we get then we get ridiculousness. Well, why didn't you put it in front? See, so see, look, kinda... look, say hi, hi. Oh, yeah, see, now cool. it's like super bright, man. This is the little light. See how bright it is? <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. It's a very bright little light. Let's see. We'll try the little light there. See if we look any better. Because nope. trust me, I doubt I'm gonna look any better. You can't mess with perfection, man. Yeah, when it's when it's when it's this ugly. Oh boy. I had to get pictures done this week. Oh my and, god, the pictures and, were so terrible. And I looked so bad. In I the looked. I think I looked worse. No. Yes. Yes. No. Well, that's just, normal. Well, it's just dark. It just looks really dark over there. I don't know yeah. why. Because we have to back up a bit. No, we have to back up. All right, well, we're just going to have to go with this. Deal with the darkness. It didn't change when you backed up. We'll see if we lighten you. We'll lighten, we'll lighten things up in post, in maybe. Post. I don't know. Um, don't push your... Can you lock it? Oh, God. No. Okay. Because your lock is over there. All right, so what you got for the people this week? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What you got for the people? Come on, give it up. You know you got something. But what were you doing over there before we started uh, oh. casting off the pod? Well, <clears throat> <clears throat> see, I was see, fixing, then now it's going to get loud. I was fixing the power PowerPoints that they force us to use. I don't teach with PowerPoints. PowerPoints are a bad teaching tool. Nobody should teach with PowerPoints. But we're forced to use PowerPoints. People. And um, they are really bad this week. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know what happened, but this is my co-teacher's week to do the, the, the lesson plans. So one week I do it for her and myself, and one week she does it for herself and for me. This week's are really bad. Like, there was a word on the first slide for the PH spelling words that isn't an English word. And I don't it's even. It's not in the language. It's not in the language. And I don't even know what it means in Spanish. So, because it was misspelled. So, so I don't. misspelled in another language. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. On the first slide. And then the, the other slide, it looked like she, maybe she downloaded it from somewhere. The other PowerPoint for cause and effect, it's really, really, really terrible. And there are 35 terrible slides. Cool. And that I'm, sounds like fun. I've just decided I'm not using it. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll make my own if I have to use one, but I don't think I need to use a PowerPoint for cause and effect. Just slap a kid and watch them cry. Cause yeah, and effect, you're done. There you go. We've already, in, in one group, we've already talked about cause and effect. Um, God. You're so bad. That's it. Of all that, you've, you, you, will have, you will have illustrated it. You will have modeled it. You will, they will have such they an understanding. Remember. They will not forget. Yeah, they will remember. They will have a visual representation for the rest of their lives. Great, I'm telling you, it's a great lesson, man. Just start slapping folks. Nobody will say, I don't understand. Right? Beta. We, we, we need the, we need the uh, curriculum of beta. No. Just, just everything, just everything, <clears throat> everything falls back to beta. No. The Oprah method. <laughs> the Harpo method. You told Harpo to beat me. You told Harpo to beat me. Um, so I've already started cause and effect with one group, and we used Woosh, the book about. Is that like Wusa? Nope. Oh. It's the book about the guy who made the Super Soaker. Uh huh. And he went to Tuskegee just like you. I didn't know that until I read this book. Well, that's because you're the. You want the gun kind of guy. Ooh, he hit you with the YouTubes. Whatever, I read a book. But he hit you with the YouTubes. Like, so, I knew this before you because I saw it on YouTube. Damn them books. Okay, I don't wow. care. I this know is not I a ringing endorsement of books here. I got it from the source, the guy. Oh, oh my. Oh, well that's even better. Uh -huh. This is a book about him. So I don't know if he wrote it or had anything to do with writing it. Let's let's call this an L for Karen. Whatever. It's one a point. Book. One point to Aaron and YouTube. So anyway, I did a uh, a project with our with my students and ha put them in teams, and they had to come up with a problem mm. that was at school. Mm. What was the cause of the problem? Mm-hmm. What was going to be their solution, and how is that solution going to affect them and the, the school community? Mm -hmm. This project, these kids are, are new to critical thinking. They don't, everything is told to them, they're directed, they're basically puppets. So learning to critically think is loud. So this was the day that I had an observation I didn't know I was having. 
and the Mexican coordinator was aghast that my classroom was so loud, but the American teacher who was there to observe for the company that bought the school was loving every second of it. She was walking around the classroom. She was talking to the kids. She was asking what their problems were, how they were going to fix it. My favorite problem is there's not enough time to play at school. Hmm. So how are you going to fix that? We're going to get, Damn rid, class. Just going just to get rid of the extra math class and add a recess. Nice. Which I thought was... Add recess. They already added PE. Yeah. The the kids want an extra recess. But they don't see PE as play, so. No, they don't. They want an extra recess during the day. Because 25 minutes a day is not enough time for them. So. Yeah, but that 20, well, you get 25 minutes of recess. Yeah, they get 25 minutes of recess. Whereas our kids get... What amounts to 30 minutes of recess and lunch. Mm. And our kids eat lunch in the classroom first at 9.50 until 10.25. And that was outside. What the hell? That was like the gong from the gong show. Are they are they kicking us off the stage already? Somebody probably Where's the hook? The... Where's the Sandman? Sound like somebody really. come out dancing. I'm just waiting for somebody to come up the steps. Be like, dan, 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 dan. like, oh damn, we gotta go. <laughs> Ten minutes in, show's over. It's <laughs> probably some kids out there hitting the railing. It's like ringing in my ears. If you want them to stop, you're gonna have to tell them. Want who to stop? The kids outside hitting the railing. Why would I want them to stop? I'm turning into the get off my lawn. I know. Right? Get off my lawn. You ain't got no damn lawn. What kind of shit is that? I'm going to walk outside and tell some random kid, don't touch this. What the hell? I own nothing here. I don't even own my own bed. It's the truth. You know what I'm saying? What? We own a sofa and some desks. A sofa, some desks, some chairs, some electronic equipment. We don't even own our dining room table. That's what I'm saying. Nothing. Man, please. Man, y'all bang away. Boom. All right, what else you got for the people? That's it. I'm not usually get Usually get about 11 minutes in, and you're pretty much done. Yeah. You'll rant for a week, but have nothing to say to the people on Sunday morning. It's because I've gotten it all out during oh, the week. Speaking of Sunday morning. Aaron. Uh-huh. Aaron. Uh-huh. Garcon. Yes, I think it should be poured and brought in the Tigger cup, since it's all sitting right there. I forgot about the coffee. I haven't been feeling great this week, so me I either. Don't have a lot that's to why say. I'm. That's why I'm chomping on the halls all week long. Yep. Yummy uh, stuff. Red button. Coffee boy. Coffee boy. Your your video duties are calling. Careful, don't move too fast, don't spill my coffee. That's That would be coffee abuse, and we, we can't have coffee abuse. Hit the button. It ain't that hot. Hit the button. Hello. All right, so, back to the people. People. So, what else you got? That's it. Hey, talk to me about 
what happened? I just said 11 minutes in. There you are. Tell me what happened after your whole conversation about this kid accusing you of hitting him. What happened? Nothing happened. What happened with the kid the next day? Did he come to school? Yeah. Did he say anything to you? No. What would you say? Little motherfucker. What would he say? He was wrong. He lied. What would he say? He's wrong. He lied. Oh, you think he's going to take ownership of... Take ownership of what he did as if he was wrong? He was wrong. No, no, no. As if he was, like, he thought he was wrong? No, no, no. That's just not going to happen. So this... I don't, I don't see that as, as, a, as an actual possibility for, for this child. This he doesn't take, he hasn't has... Take, he hasn't taken responsibility for anything he's done since he got there last year. This school has a culture of the kids have all the power and the teachers cower in fear. The problem with that is I don't cower for anybody and neither does Aaron. I do. I, I, I am a baby. Whatever. So a few weeks ago, um, some fourth graders accused the British teacher of saying how she hated Mexican kids and how she hates Mexico. And this woman was suspended for a week while they investigated and decided whether or not she was going to be fired. Her argument was, why the hell would I fly halfway across the world to come and teach here for a second year if that's how I felt? And if that's how I felt, why would I tell the kids that? And how would you still be there? Exactly. Right. So yeah, it's a, it's a, I had this exact same thing. It's like, this kid tried to use that argument. He's always telling us how bad Mexico is and how bad Mexicans are. It's like, what? I've never said that. I mean... There are things that are bad all over the place. I've never, I don't think I've singled out Mexico yet because I don't know if it's just Mexico or if it's just something I've noticed. And (laughs) it's very funny. Mm. We did go halfway around the world Mm -hmm. to come here at great expense. Yep. (laughs) That we're still paying. Yeah. And And will be probably for a year. It's like, it's like, that that just makes no sense, you know. But they don't. They don't. They. I think the kids have have realized that they can say the teacher said that they don't like us. So then that's enough for the school to take action against the Aaron teacher. Huckleberries. And that that is not. Um. It's not a great way to manage. It's not a great way to find out what's going on, to sit there and be like, oh, the foreign teacher must be wrong. I mean, we lived through that in China, where the foreign teacher is always wrong. Um, But we're having kitchen technical difficulties. Um, Anyway, so just leave this, you know, make a decision, dude. Thanks so much. Anyway, that's right. Back to your perch. Waiting for the little red light to do a thing. Why is that behind the camera? What? Why is that behind the camera? But you couldn't see it from behind the camera. Yeah, I could. You'd have to turn the monitor around. You could do it if you really want to be cameraman. With the disembodied head. Disembodied, disembodied voice. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun, being a disembodied voice. 
Um, you have to stop the cat from chewing on. Hit them. Smack them. Do not beat hit. them. Do not hit them. I told you this is the the beta. This is the land this of is, beat. Huh. This is the beat hut episode. Beta. No, I think we already have one of those. But I don't know. They these a lot of. I think the kids because because of the way the school is because it's run by nothing but essentially women, especially oh. in the elementary. They're 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 looking for something that they shouldn't be looking for, and even the management above them is not looking for, and they're looking to be loved. They're looking oh. to be to be, um, like mother figures for these children. It's and really sad. That's I think that's part of their problem because I've I that's not something I will ever be or want to be. As a teacher, I don't really, I don't, I don't need you to like me. Damn sure don't need you to love me. Yep. For me to teach you and make you do what you need to do for your future. And I don't think they, they, they're not looking at it that way. They're looking at it like, um, they're, they want, they want the kids to come back after five years and would give them a hug. And it's like, you know, I don't give a fuck. I'm, I probably will never see these kids again. And right. if I do, maybe it's on Facebook or Twitter or something else like that. Right. And even in the States, I wouldn't even look to see these kids again. If I see them again, Great. I see them again. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm not looking to be loved by my students. I'm yeah. looking to make sure that my students go away from my classroom saying, I learned a lot about this from yeah. this teacher. They gave me something that I can use when I go to, say, high school university, middle school, whatever, whatever the levels are that they're going through after me. And that's it. That's all I'm looking for. I don't, I don't even need them to say thank you. Just be out. Yep. Be gone with you, you know? Because every day, I mean, I have a, I have, <laughs> I, I, I call it internally inside my head, like this weird short-term or yeah, short-term memory loss. Because basically for me, every day is a new day. I try not to carry over. I carry over the knowledge of what I've done, but I try not to carry over anything about what happened yesterday. So every child kind of gets a new start every day. So that's if they, very glasser of you. Well, that's what I do. I, I do it because if I carry it over, then I'm going to treat the child differently based on some negative behavior that they had the day before. You know, and I can't, if I do that, then it will always compound and they'll never be they'll never be good they'll always be that bad kid and it will just get worse every day no matter what they do so no i can't do that i can't do the like slide them on the on the time on the scale like a like a a number line and you know oh today you got two points and tomorrow we take away three points and we keep sliding back and forth and we keep judging the kids no i'm not doing any of that i'm gonna every day you're gonna start at zero I have to admit that there is one student that has not gotten back to zero. And every time I see this kid, I want to drop kick him. Because every time I see him, he's doing something he shouldn't be doing. And I have never, in, in 16 years of being an educator, I have never felt like this about a child. He makes me want to quit my job every single day. Well, what's Every worse? Every day. What's worse to to have the to have the 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 administration and management want you to quit every day, 
the parents make you want to quit every day or the students make you want to which one's worse the students because I don't I don't see it because either. I don't see one is worse than the other it's all bad if you're going to school every day and no matter what the feeling is I, I don't want to be here yeah. every day well then that's a problem that it is incumbent on the school to to address and try to fix yeah and and I've we're supposed to send notes home to the parents about the children's behavior when they're misbehaving or whatever. And I've sent so many notes home, the kid's running out of paper. They make more. Just keep I told you what to do, one. man. Just keep gluing pages in right? that bad boy like it's a like I'm not it's a the passport. Only one Just who sends the notes home awesome. either. He gets from every single teacher he has gotten a note. Just create it. Make your own stamp. Your child was an asshole today. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome stamp. Bad, bad kid stamp. And then in the back, treat it like a passport. Baby's kids. But do Stamping it. Yeah. You could have a stamp that's only like two lines. And if it's basically, if you have a stamp, your child was shitty today. A shitty child stamp. Just <gasps> a poop kunk emoji. Kunk. Just kunk kunk. Kunk kunk. Yeah, I can put oh, a poop emoji awesome. on his... That would be cool. It's a good idea, right? And I have then a you could have like you could have like stamps too. and only like that wide, so then you could have like just a date it. on yeah. them for every single day. Just date it. Yeah, if we had something like that, trust me, kids, they wouldn't have a school anymore. Nope. See that, and that's a different. That I think that's the that's a, the other problem that they have is that they are their enrollment is low. Except for when, in the beginning of the school year, we got an email saying that their enrollment was higher than it has ever been. Well, apparently it's not because we were told that their enrollment was low. So, that's the, 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 the problem of a lot of the schools that we end up in and around that are not um, like a public school that's trying to have some kind of English program, that they are... The international schools are all struggling with the same problem. Enrollment. They're all struggling with enrollment. It's because they're so damn expensive. Yeah, but I don't think that's what it is. People are willing to pay. It's not about the money. It's about the product that these parents are getting and how they feel. Like yes. Do they feel that, that it's justified to get that money? And you I know, have a feeling that they're not getting what, they're, what they think they're paying for. This... I, we had a parent meeting on Friday, my Spanish co-teacher and I. And the, the child is a special needs child, but they don't want to admit that he has special needs. Which is common. Not my child. Right. And Not so we had this meeting and I talked to them about the things that I'm doing in the classroom to help him grow. Because he's not he's not going to be at the same level as his friends. Not anytime soon. It's just not going to happen. He's developmentally delayed. But he is growing and he is learning. And so at the end of the meeting, the dad looks at my coordinator, this woman who's supposed to be my direct boss, and tells her that the only reason his son is still in our school is because of me. And here I'm thinking every day that I just want to quit <laughs> because I can't take the one kid. The adult stuff it is a pain in the ass. But when you have fun in the classroom, it, you kind of, you know, 
can forget about that stuff for the time when you're in the classroom. But I don't have fun in the classroom here. <laughs> Keep going. Go ahead. The classroom. We've got we've got two things going on: Karen and her sob story, and. Aaron and Thunderfoot over here <laughs> running to the camera. This is a sob story? Well, yeah. It's sad. That yeah. I don't have fun in I, class? I have, a feeling, I have a feeling people out there are crying right now. I doubt it. They are They are tearing up, They're and the one glory tear is about oh, to fall down the cheek. All right, go ahead. Go ahead what? Go ahead. Your story wasn't finished. Uh, it's finished now. Why? Because if You it's... don't want to make the people cry? Make them cry, man! Bring the pain. Do it, do it, do it. There's no need. Oh. It's always fun when they cry. There's not going to be any crying. Now never know the end of that story. The end of the story is the end. What is the end? I don't know. I'm not there yet. Oh, 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 oh. So, so it's to be continued, this, this particular uh, tale of woe. I've never had students like this before where there is absolutely... Nothing I can do short of smacking the shit out of them to make do them it. stop talking. Beat them. I, I stood in front of the class. We changed classes at 11, at 1025 on Friday. This one particular group. Bring the pain. It took them until 1043 to shut the fuck up. So what's the point? You can't you can't control no. your class. No, this is nope. this is this I is can't. exactly what I what 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 I what I was told uh, last week. This idea that oh the kids are bad, you can't control your class. I can't. It's like um, no, bad kids are in control of themselves. Right. right. There's not a whole lot I can do about your bad kids. Right. And if me. Touching one like that is going to elicit, oh, we must go have a fact-finding mission to find out that you beat a child. Did you hit a child? Because um, trust me, no child that I beat is going to be able to discuss the beating. No. Not between because them. they're still going to be going <laughs> 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 and then tomorrow they're going to come in and they're going to be like, I need one of those pregnancy pillow things. Because I can't sit my ass down. Yeah, I've never been hit by you. So yes, you have. It's never. You have been not, hit by him one time. It's not. It's not. It's not the same. They they don't seem to understand that. It still hurts my that head. That it's not. What they think is going on and how they think they're going to do things does not match the children that they have. No. And everybody's telling them that, but they're not equipped. Even with all these psychiatrists running around, oh they're my still God, not such a waste of time. to deal with children in the classroom, giving them real, real consequences for their actions, but also giving them real expectations for what their behavior should be. They don't, it's like everybody's running around there that is in a position, they're, they're all kidless. Yeah. And it's like, um... Well, not all. Not all the, a of lot them, of the teachers many of do. them have. The teachers, they have, they, they, some of them have teenagers and stuff. They're, right. They have old kids. But they're, they're um, the people that I, that uh, from what I see, that are in charge of like the psychology and all that, they don't have children. They're, they're, they're working off of ideas that, that aren't really real 
in the classroom in the moment. They're working off ideas that are maybe from a book, but they're not from like dealing with real children on a daily basis and, and seeing, oh, that approach may not work so well. Or, oh, our culture doesn't, uh, it's so funny to me. You have a, you have a group of teachers and their boss has to stand in front of them and raise his hand to get them to be quiet. I wish, no. And then boss. they go into they, the they classroom do it. and they do it. So it's like, I'm sorry, I just but look at him like, what as an hell? adult, as an adult, you're never going to raise your hand to me and have me be quiet because you raised your hand. If you ask for my attention, I will give my attention to you because that would be called respect. But they culturally, they're not, they don't do that anyway. So if you have a, a, a bunch of people all in a room, they've got to ask them to be quiet and ask for their attention at least four or five times. Well, I hear it one time and I stop talking and I look and I'm paying attention, watching them ask for their attention many times. And these are the adults. So imagine what happens in the classroom. So then they have these different things. You know, they count down, they count up, they raise a hand, they do all this stuff. It's like, um, you're not teaching respect. Nope. And from, from my point of view, I walk in and I just say, good morning. Yeah, that's what I do too. If they don't stop talking, I might say good morning again. And then I stand there. Yep. And I say nothing to them. And we will not move from that moment until everybody has realized that, yes, it is time for class. We should be quiet now. We shouldn't be talking. Yep. Now, this wasn't really an issue in China because they were beat. That was beaten into them at a very young age. But... I remember in, um, in Wuhan, sometimes they would still be talking and you would just come in and just stand there. Exactly. I'm just going to stand there. I'm just going to wait for them to give anything. their attention. Because right. if they never give their attention, then they don't get the lesson. Right. They don't get the lesson. Guess what? They will still be tested on it. Yeah. That's why on, on Friday... I said nothing. I stood up there. I said, good, good morning. Let's get started. And they continued to talk. So I just stood there with my, my attendance book in my hand and just looked at my watch. And when we had gotten to 10 minutes, I wrote the time on the board. When we had gotten to 15 minutes, I wrote the time on the board. And I just kept writing the time on the board. And they're looking like... But some, they started catching on after like the third time I wrote on the board. But then there are three or four kids who are still up and about talking and playing. That's how long I have been standing there. So if we change classes at 1025 and it is now 1037, that's been 12 minutes that I've been standing up there saying nothing, waiting for them. It was 1043 before they stopped. I'm telling you that this, this, some of this stuff that we're seeing that they think is a lack of control is really just a lack of respect, lack of respect and, and a lack of self-control a cultural norm that says we should keep talking. Cause I've had kids talk to other kids, look up, 
see the other kids quiet, look at you, the teacher, and look right in your face, and keep turn going. back and keep talking. It's yep. like, then that means you don't know what respect is. Yeah. And every fucking morning, we have to write these stupid bullshit sentences on the board for the kids to copy into their... Uh, homework notebooks. And then we're supposed to have a discussion about it. I never discuss it. Unless it's something really stupid and I'm like, this is just not true. Like, I respect everyone in my class. No, you fucking don't. You don't even respect yourself. You don't respect anyone. I don't. Anywhere. When I read that now, what I'm realizing is they're not really talking about respect. And... We're not defining respect in the same way. Because I looked it up. I looked up the word respect on Friday and was like, I got to see, how is this defined? Like, why am I looking at this so differently? And it's like, yeah, the thing that was that I was reading, yeah, that's what I think of respect. And every single thing that was on that paper, none of it was what was in that definition. So I was like, okay, we're not defining it the same. We're not thinking yeah. of this word the same. They think if a child obeys them, then the child is respecting them. No. That's not true. That's not true. So it's like there's all of these pieces to what respect is. How do you do it? How do you show it? Uh, How do you They said there was one one day, I don't know if it was this week or last week, that was like, people respect me. Or something like that. I make others respect respect me. me. No, and I I looked at him, I was like, no, you don't. What I did was, I wrote on the board, how? How do you even do that? Like, how was that even done? How do you sit there and actually say, I make people respect me? It's like, I'm sorry, but no, you don't. No, you don't. You know, people respect you for lots of different reasons, but you can't make it happen. Right? And, and I had to go through this. I'm like, you cannot make someone respect you. You can earn their respect. You can make somebody hate you. But you can't make them respect you. You can't make anyone do anything. You have to earn it. Respect is earned. It isn't just freely given because you said you want it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. And the one on... What was it, Friday? Right, the golden rule. <laughs> Motherfuckers. I was like, ooh, don't get me started. I just wrote oh, this shit. So and I was like, hmm. It was so, oh, I wrote it up there. It was so funny because I think it said something like, um, respect is treating others the way you want to be yeah, treated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it said. And I was like, the first thing I said is like, that's not even respect. That's the golden rule. That's the golden rule. So then I wrote it on the board. This has nothing to do with respect and everything to do with the golden rule. And then, of course, a couple kids say, well, what is the golden rule? And then, so I I showed them treat people the way you want to be treated is the golden rule. And then I said, for those that are, are religious and know the Bible, that's like Matthew 7, 12 or something. That it, that's where it comes from. And then it's in Buddhism and it's in Confucianism. Yep. And it's in all of these things. And it goes all the way back to the Code of Hammurabi. It's like, wow, 1750 BCE, this was written down. It's like, oh God, 
Really? And why are you calling this respect? Because this has nothing to do with nothing respect. Nothing at all. It has everything to do with Don't how you want to be treated, be but it has nothing to do with respect. Yeah. Because you're not doing it out of respect. Nope. You're doing it so that you're treated a certain way. Yep. Thunder, 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 thunder. Push the button. <laughs> and then he comes back with the light touch. Look. I was lighter So it's like, time. boom, 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 boom. Push the button carefully. And then it's float on back. <laughs> I was lighter that time. Anyway. Yeah, this, this, I, and I, even I, I told our boss this on Thursday. whatever day. And it was just like, you're making us write stuff that isn't true. It's not right. And it's not being explained right, but they're writing it in a notebook for no reason. And it's just a waste it. of time. For us, it's a waste of time in the morning because we have that time for something. Yep. But we don't can't really do anything with that time because you gotta get the kids in, try to get them quiet or or at least calm down, have them in their seats, have them pull out the notebook and then have them write this thing down. When they get done with like when everybody's done with that portion, you're basically looking at maybe five, six minutes. That now you just kind of sit down and take a, take attendance. Okay. I mean, you don't have really don't, have any time. We don't have that time. Our class starts at 730. I have to get the kids their homework notebooks out, that thing written in it. Then I have to check every single one to make sure that they have written it properly and mark that if it's been written properly. And if they have homework, that takes even longer for them to write in the notebook. And then I have to make sure that's correct as well. By the time I even start my first lesson, I might have 15 minutes left. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, just, I don't. Zoned out during your and in the mornings, it's even worse because I'm supposed to have 10 hours a week with these kids. But we just added another class. So really, I only have eight hours a week, but I'm supposed to teach them 13 hours worth of information. And I don't even get to start my first class until 15 minutes before it ends. It's a hot mess. Yeah. I, one of the things that we were asked uh, a couple of weeks ago in our, our, I don't know what you'd call these things, professional development meeting on Mondays was... Does the scheduling need to be changed? Yeah, hell yeah. And all yeah. of the teachers said no, except for me and Karen. And was like, of course it does. This is, this, the whole system that is in place right now is work. not conducive to actual learning. And it's not conducive for the teachers to have adequate planning time mm -hmm. for the lessons that you're asking them to teach. So if that's the case, if the student learning is being affected and Teachers are not able to adequately plan. Does the schedule need to be changed? Yes. Okay. So you said before that they don't answer questions like that because they're afraid they're, they're going to be fired. Yeah. The teachers. Yeah. Ask questions like that. Yeah. Mm. So then why does someone ask that question? Because he's... No, no, no. He was over us. He's our boss's boss. And he's looking at the, the issues of the school, trying to understand where... What do the teachers think and feel by asking a question? I get what he's trying to do. Ask the question in a, in a situation where there's no real ramifications, there are no negative ramifications for the teachers. The problem is all of them lie. Because they're afraid because to get they're fired. Because they're afraid to get fired. 
So they're afraid of getting fired. We're not afraid of getting fired. So then we answer honestly. They answer because they know that their boss has created this system or is following a system that's older and they don't want to make it seem like they're going against her. So then they don't want her backlash against them while her boss is the one asking the question. Whereas I sit back and go, yeah, that's wrong. You guys yep. need to make this change because if you don't make the change, you're going to keep losing students and you're going to keep losing teachers. So here's a good example, Aaron. On, on Monday at 7.30, class begins. I have to take attendance, have them write in their homework notebooks. Except for on Monday, the kids have PE at 7.30. Some of them don't even get in the classroom until 7.33, 7.34. And now I'm supposed to have these kids downstairs at 7.30 to start their first class. But I have to get them all lined up. And I'm not allowed to start any of that stuff before 7.30. I'm not allowed to ask them to write the stuff in their homework notebooks before 7.30. I'm not allowed to ask them to line up before 7.30 because that's when class starts. But I have to have them downstairs outside at 7.30 for their PE class at that same exact moment. Well, see, that's the, that's the thing that I see is that's where mo a lot of their problem is, is they're not honest even in their scheduling. Right. So if they're not honest in the scheduling, they're saying, oh, you must finish a class and start a class in the same one minute. Yeah. Then you can't do that. Well, of course you can't, especially when the kids have to change classes. For my kids. Well, and my kids have two PE classes a week. Music, computers, French. They have to go to the library twice a week. They have Chinese class that is not Chinese class. Yeah. Um, what did you do? Math and French. So they have 10, 10 extra lessons a week, and I have to walk them there. Oh, wait, I forgot Alex. We have the, the psychiatrist comes to the class once a week. How long does it take to get them from one room to another? It depends. It depends it on depends how, on how, how cooperative they are. It depends on <laughs> if they get up. Like, I'll tell them, come on, line up, get your stuff, let's go. We've got to go to this next class. I'll have kids that are still sitting there two, three, four minutes. I'm like, get your ass up and let's go. And finally, yeah. I'm just like, I'm leaving you. And yeah. I'll leave them. But I on Wednesday this week. I walked 14 flights of stairs. And the Fitbit only counts up. It doesn't count down. That's 14 flights of stairs. Call it the workout. It's the, it's the teacher workout. It's the teacher what workout. What do I do? I walk up and down stairs. Yeah, so, I mean, it takes several minutes to walk them depending on where they're going. Now, if it's the same hallway, like math, music... Chinese class it only takes you know less than a minute to walk them there but it might take three or four minutes to get them to line up but then if I have to go to the library or French class or PE that's longer because I have to go up or down go to the third floor go outside yep I'm telling you it's just they, they have a schedule I mean now if you've got teachers having to take students places, which you shouldn't have. Right. Because basically, for you, it's a little different. When you take them somewhere, you don't have somebody coming. No. But I do. You do. 
So if I'm in the process of taking one class one place, that means then it has this cascading effect of each teacher now having backed up, waiting for the teacher to return. Yep. Because now the kids are standing outside my room, maybe, waiting for me to come back. Yep. Or there's, I mean, there's all this stuff that has to happen. It's like, I'm sorry, but really what should happen is I take them and that teacher brings them back. Yeah. Yeah. Because then when the next teacher is going to bring those kids to them, they can stand there and wait. Till that teacher walks back up to their classroom and then opens the door, lets the kids in, and now the teacher's there with the kids. Except for, like, I think I don't think that would work either. Well, the problem is you start to stop walking kids around. Right. Around. Like that's the real. The real issue is stop walking elementary kids around buildings. Tell the, show them where to go. Let them learn how to move around because in affluent schools, they don't do that. Right. I've never had to take my class someplace like I have. In public schools in the States, they do the exact same thing. Yeah, but not 10 times a week. No, no. They do it more. They do it every class. Every class that they go to, if it's outside of that room, like kindergarten, first grade, it doesn't matter. They're walking them in lines through the building. And that's what needs to stop because, in, like I said, affluent classrooms you don't do this you have your your primary is sequestered from everybody else so then you don't have a a worry of problems right big like kids the big and kids and all that which we do because our kids connect with the the middle school yep. in one building so what they actually need to do is all the elementary needs to be in one area pushed away from everybody else like the kindergarten yep keep keep them in a space where they can move around or the kids stay still and the teachers move. Yeah. And that's what the French teacher was doing until her classroom was um, finished. But these specialty classes like music and and French and whatever, they have 25 classes a week. So the French teacher was running up and down the stairs all damn day. And then... If they have no lesson at that time or if there's a recess, they have to be outside for that too. And they have yeah, to be the, outside this is, for the... Now you're talking about a staffing problem. Right. And that's what I said they when should, they were talking about all this paperwork. They should not be doing that shit. They should not be teaching 25 lessons and have to be on every single recess duty and every single after school put the kids in the car duty. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't... I mean... I get what they're trying to do, but they, they need to have a larger staff in order to do it. And they can't have a larger staff because well, of some creative accounting, so we've I heard. Don't, I don't know what that is. All I know is that they they should have more support staff. Yes. And they actually need more teaching staff because... The teachers are teaching too many hours, not allowing them to do the other things that they keep piling on. Right. So either stop piling it on. Yep. You know, or you have to get someone in there to do this administrative work. Like 
they keep talking about all this paperwork and oh, you need to get this paperwork. I can't get paperwork from kids. No, the no, kids I don't, ask them. The kids don't fill out the paperwork. The parents, the parents do. do. So if the parents are going to fill out the paperwork and you need the paperwork, you should have somebody on the phone that says to the parent, send the fucking paperwork back. Or sign it, do it. Do what you need to do as a parent. Don't keep talking to the kid because the kid has no pull. Here's the idea. We get 50,000 emails a day. Why can't they email the parents saying, just a reminder, please have this these forms in by this day? I know, but, that, <coughs> but what the problem is, they're, they, they're putting everything through the teacher and the student when it should be. Administration to Here is the paperwork. Fill it out online. Just fill it all out. You yep. don't. We don't need a piece of paper. We need you to fill yep. it out and use your digital signature saying that it was you. Yep. And then send it back to us and we now have a record that yep. you okayed this thing. But they're still working on this idea that a piece of paper means something. Yeah. And now they got to keep a piece of paper. So they're not waiting for a piece of paper to come back. And it's like, no, that's where you mess up because in this day and age... Digital signatures are just as good as all the other signatures. I mean, shit. That's how I've gotten jobs and signed contracts. Right. So why can't the kid? Why can't these people say that my child can have a locker on this piece of paper and put they, a dis, digital signature on it? They're allowed to bring their laptops. Yeah, it's like I don't. It doesn't make. It does not make sense. And and they have the tools. The tools are there. All they have to do is say, create forms, share it in the Google Docs, put it out there, let the, all the stuff come back. We're waiting on your paperwork. Your child cannot have a locker until. No, you don't hold everybody back in the whole school because one, two children d- didn't get a piece of paper in. You hold that child back and say, yep. you carry your shit every day. Yep. Because your parents did not do what they're supposed to do. See, they don't want to They don't want to give the parents responsibility. any well, responsibility for for what's going on. They, they want to just keep quietly, softly... Going through the child, it's like no. I think I got a crazy. child that doesn't have any fucking books. Still, oh, five weeks in, no books. I have kids still missing books as well. Not missing, no books. Why he has are... no books. He has no set books. He has no no books for anything because of something his parents did or did not they do. They didn't pay. So it's like, um, that's okay, why it doesn't happen because they didn't why, pay the money. Why is this? Why is he still there? Why is it not in the tuition? Why know. are they doing the books separate from the tuition when all the kids must have the same books? Yep. That should have just been baked into the tuition that they yep. were paying and the books were ordered. Yep. What I don't like is these kids will come in. If they're if they come in at 731, I'm supposed to mark them tardy. I don't always mark them tardy at 731. Maybe 735, but not 731. But then I'm supposed to send these tardy slips home. And if the kids get a certain number of tardy slips, then they can get suspended. Uh-huh. But it's not them driving. Right. They aren't driving to school. And they're not taking a bus. They're seven and eight years old. Yep. They have they're not walking. It's not like they're being it's not like they're being picked up by the school bus and dropped off and now they're playing on the playground and that's why they're late. No. They and not only are these kids walking a great distance from the gate to the classroom but some of these kids are running in the classroom practically falling over because they didn't want to be late because they didn't want to get in trouble again i'm sorry but it's that, stupid I, I i i i said the same thing about the the very early kids 
the, we have some kids that are now oh God, they're there so early. And then they want to say, oh, the kids are supposed to be sitting in the classroom waiting. It's like, but what But child... you aren't allowed to direct them. Like, you can't have them doing any work. No, no, They're no. Not Forget a... that. You're not supposed to We're tell them to be quiet. We have no responsibility before 7 o'clock. Okay? So, from, from the time the child might get there at 6.30 to 6.45 to 7 o'clock, no one is responsible at the school for those kids. And I said, why not just let them go to the meeting hall, which has no chairs in it, no nothing. They right. can just sit on the floor and relax. They, because in this culture, they will do that. Yep. They could just go in that room. If they come early, the kids could be doing homework or whatever. And then at set, at 6.55 or 7 o'clock, just let them all walk over to their classrooms. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know where they all are. You know they're in a safe space. They don't. You don't have to worry about them. And I was told, no, it was better for them to go to the classroom and turn on the lights and sit there by themselves. And it's like, but you're doing... And they can't be alone, is what I was told. It's like, but, but they're they sitting are by themselves. alone. So, you're, them to be alone so the then classroom. why not just put them all in a room where they could just sit there? Because there's not that many of them, but there are. there's a significant enough number that they need a before school program they do. just like you need an yeah. after school program after school they have a, a procedure for where these kids go but the problem is the end of that procedure at a certain time is sit around a tree and i'm sorry that's a bad idea it is um but they have procedures for after school but they have no procedures before school and they keep saying oh well that means a teacher has to come and it's like no they don't you just have a place that all kids go at the beginning of the day, they do not go to the classrooms yep. because in the classrooms, there's like one or two running around a classroom instead of going to a meeting room where it could be many of them just sitting there. And some of them are, are older brothers and sisters and younger ones all in primary. They could just be sitting there together. They could be eating breakfast. They could be doing what sleeping. They could be doing anything, yep. but they'd be with other kids just sitting. And maybe there should be an a early morning program. Yeah. But they don't, they, I mean, they, they see it as, oh, that becomes the teacher's responsibility. It's like, no, my responsibility starts at seven. Well, and when we had the second, first and second grade te English teachers had a meeting with the director. And that was one of the things I brought up. I, my day starts, because he asked, when does our, our day start? And I said, my Day starts with students. Contact hours with students starts at 6.45 when I enter my classroom. And there are kids already there. And he's like, but you're not supposed to be in the classroom until 7.10. I said, yes, but I have to set up for the day. I have to get my computer started and get my things and check my email and make sure I have the stuff on the board. And mm -hmm. Well, why not just go to the, the teacher's lounge on the third floor and check your email? And I looked at him and I said, because there's no Wi-Fi in there. He's like, what? I said, there's no Wi-Fi once you get past the boys' bathroom. You have none. So I can't go up and check my email. I said, and why should I have to leave my classroom where I need to do my stuff where to your prepare desk for is. my class? All of your resources are. <laughs> Everything because is at your desk. Because the kids are sitting in my classroom. And he said, well, I don't understand. Why are they in the classroom? And I said, because they come with their older siblings. 
And the minute I walk in the classroom, it's Mrs. Farr, can I go to the bathroom? Mrs. Farr, can I do this? Mrs. Farr, can I do that? Yep. And then they're running around and climbing on the tables and screaming and yelling and pushing each other and being crazy because, you know, they're second grade kids and that's what they do. So they, my contact... They do crazy with, well. Right? My contact with kids starts at 6.45 a.m. almost every single day of the week. Hmm. And he, did not under, he didn't understand it. And then he wanted us to do something which I don't think any of us have had time to do. He wanted us to calculate how much time, contact time, we have with students versus how much planning time we have during the day. He thinks that it should be 80% contact time with students, and that includes meetings, parent meetings, whatever, and 20% planning time. I can tell you right now I don't have that. Yeah, I started I started trying to figure that out last last week. I don't I think my time is actually I don't know. I think it it is close to that 80/20, but it's not it's still not enough time to plan. I don't No, because I mean, then you have the, meetings during that time? Well, Take, I took those out. That's that was the point. And when I when I looked at it, it was like, it was close. It was close to that those numbers. But the the problem was that's still not enough time. Like right. there's still not a, like if you gave me, you can't tell me okay this is a 50 minute class. You've got to walk students to class after they get ready to walk to class, and then you have to go pick them up. Well, that killed the. 10, 10 minutes. minutes, so that's 40 minutes. Right, so now I've got 40 minutes. So when you start looking at it like that, and I've only got, like, say, for example, my Monday, I have zero off time. I have classes all the way through. I mean, usually I don't even, I don't even sit down for the second half of the day. After lunch, I don't even get to sit down again. I'm, I am either teaching or watching them switch classes and teaching. Right. That's it. From, from... From 9.50 on. 10.30 to the end of the day. And then have a meeting. Till 3.45. And the rest of the time, the most I have off between, like, during the day is two classes or one class. That's it. That's all I get. So, how much planning do you think is going to be done? I'm not going to be able to look too far into the future. With that, and I'm not going to be able to do a whole lot in like, if I needed to do a thing, print something, find something, I don't have a whole lot of time to do that. And a lot of what I'm seeing is there isn't, the, the time is not there, and a lot of these teachers are doing it outside of school. Right. They're doing it outside of their work day. And I get, you know, being a teacher in the States, you, you do a, t- a ton of your work outside of the school day. You didn't even think about day. it. It's just but expected. I'm not in the States. Right. There's a reason why we left. Yeah. You know, I don't really want to work that way. I don't want to live in another country working like I would work in the States because I'm not making anywhere near the money Ooh. that I would be making in the States to do that same work. So why would I do it? Why would I do that much work? For this little money. Right. You know, that, well, that that doesn't make any sense to me. And that's one of the things that uh, our friend keeps trying to entice me to come, to, uh, to entice us to come to Poland. 
but she was telling me that she only teaches like three or four hours a day max. And I'm like, wait, what? And I said, you're considered full-time? She said, I'm full-time and I'm paid a full-time salary. And I only teach three or four hours a day. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, and it's every, an American school in every, Poland. Every place that, you know, having having the wrong... Having the wrong, the wrong skin color probably would not allow me to get such such a deal. I don't know. Uh, because they have lots... They have other brown skin teachers. They have an American woman who is former Marines. Really? 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 She only teaches the same you amount. You just said it. She. Yeah? It ain't the same. It ain't the same. Don't act like it is, because you know it ain't. It's not the same. I can't even lie. Um, and pretend like it is. We, we've both been outside of this, outside of the United States, and we've seen how people are treated. It is not the we same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I don't. I, I. I'm to the point now where it's like I don't. I maybe I should focus more on photography and cinematography or something. I just need to. I just need to focus on that it's because the the whole teaching thing in these schools, you're seeing the same problems over and over and over, and you see the same reticence to fixing those problems over and over and over. Then what's the point? Because basically, I am a fixer. I walk into your place, I will find what's wrong in a very short amount of time, and I will have strategies and ways for you to fix those problems and move on and it'd be better for everybody else. And now I'm to the point where it's just not even worth it. Maybe you shouldn't be in the classroom. Maybe you need to be in administration. Because I know, but hey, that... You guys could stop teaching altogether and just do YouTube and podcast. I mean, that sounds good. That sounds great, that sounds but that great. takes a lot of work. No, no, I don't, I'm not opposed to the work. We're doing a lot of work now. Right. It's not about a lot of work. That's That's not the point. The point is... Basically, you know, being being a teacher, you basically want to teach. Yeah, it's you, it's that's something what, you want to I do am. daily. That's what I am. That's what, I'm going to do it no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. I'm going to always be teaching. But the the idea of going into substandard schools that have a lot of issues and that they're not ready or willing to to come up with real world solutions to those issues so that they can move on educating their students in a better way. If that's not where they are, then I, and I don't know how to ask that question in an interview. I don't, I don't know, know how can, to, either. I don't know if I can in an interview be like, okay, so you guys have a lot of problems, right? And have them have an honest answer to that question and then say to them, okay, if I come to your school, I'm going to come looking to fix your problems. And if you don't want someone like that coming to your school that's actually going to find answers and talk to other people and find methodologies and ways to fix your problems, if that's not what you want, then get off my FaceTime. I don't, because I, I know that your school is probably not where it should be as far as teaching in an international way. Right. Because most of them are not. 
Most well, of them are acting like it. They're glossy. They're, they have lots of publications and they have posters and they have, you know, things that go around the, around the city on buses and they have all this stuff. But they have really bad it. practices yeah. inside of the schools. Yeah. Well, we got here and I'm supposed to teach spelling, like spelling as a class, reading, grammar, and science. The science is all in Spanish, so I can't even do my own planning for that. And they have absolutely no reading program. So being the fixer, I just said, okay, to my group of teachers, this is a program that we can use. It's for free. Let's try it. I'm the only one using it in my grade every day. And we just... Got, I get emails from, it's Epic. If, if you're an educator, Epic uh, um, has over 8,000 books and it's all free for educators. You can use it in your classroom. The students can log into your stuff. You can keep track of their methods or how many books they're reading. So this week I got a, an email saying that my kids had read over 100 books already since the beginning of school. And every time I get an email like that, I want to share it with the students because it motivates them to read more. These are things that they're reading at home on their own time. I do not assign it. So now we have in my classroom badges from Epic to show where they are. My Mexican co-teacher came in and saw it and she was like, oh, I don't even know if my kids are using it because I haven't even put in the roster yet. I'm thinking, but you have all this time. You you have to sit in the office and just wait for somebody to tell you to do something. Why can't you take the 10 minutes and enter the names in the thing? This helps you and it helps the kids. But she didn't want to use it. But she wants to use the program. She just doesn't want the kids to use it at home because she doesn't want to get in trouble. For assigning something to the kids. Yeah, that's the other thing. They have this this uh, policy about homework that they can only have homework from you for two two days a week. But you you can only have homework for two days a week. But anything that they don't finish in class, I'm supposed to assign for homework. Oh, I have so been it's told like, not to unless the parents specifically request it. Yeah, but you're at a different grade level. True. So I've got kids. Who don't get their work done in class, but now they have it for homework. And I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop on this one because it doesn't make any sense. You're gonna have you're gonna have kids spending too much time with the homework, but then what can I say to them? You're supposed to have done it in class. That was yeah. when you were supposed to do it. Oh God, it's so it's like it's like they, they, I get not sending a lot of homework home. I get that kids don't have a lot of time for homework. But as these kids move, especially out of my grade, sixth grade, and they move into seventh grade, hopefully they have better policies because this makes no sense for a middle school student. And sixth grade for me is middle school. This doesn't make any sense for a middle, middle school student to not have the responsibility to get multiple things done 
in a night. Right. You know, and not say, oh, they had to go to soccer practice. It's like, so? They I got out. To they got practice. out at 2.10, you know? If right. you got out at 2.10, you should go to soccer practice and take your ass home, eat dinner, and do your homework. Right, which but, means you're home by 5.30. You know, homework. Homework, and, and I don't think that our idea of what is rigorous education is at this school. Right, because so, they, they claim they want to have more rigor. I don't then, think they claim that at all. Oh, I've been told that. Um, by whom? Because I don't, I don't see rigor as being important at all, especially when the teachers don't have time to teach. Right. Because everything has to go in, like, Friday. I go into my co-teacher's room, the other person that teaches in English. She's got, we've got four groups. They have color-coded notebooks. And she's got all the notebooks stacked up on her desk. All the notebooks are supposed to be in the kids' lockers. Well, she's got all these notebooks because she has to grade what they did because yep. it's in these stupid notebooks. Yep. And then I look at her bookshelf, which should be empty, and all these notebooks are on the bookshelf. And it's like, um, and I asked her flat out, if you're grading, when do you teach? And she said, usually I'll have a notebook in my hand that I'm grading and walk around it with it. Walk around with the notebook for two classes or more. Because I haven't had time to even look at it. I've just been carrying it. And I was like, so when are you teaching? That's the part that I don't get. If you're, if you're teachers, if you have a policy that says that the teachers must put all of the classwork in a notebook, but then how do I grade that and still have the child using the notebook? Because I may not be able to get everything graded if I have four classes and have them all doing the same thing, there's no way for me to get graded what they did today for them to use the notebook tomorrow, which means now I got to give them the notebook back so that, and I'm still going to be in a backlog of trying to grade stuff and I can't carry the notebooks home. Look, I have it's all the notebooks in my classroom. They all have the grades in them because when they bring them up for me to check it, I grade it right then. Yeah, but that's... The, but wait, here's the worst part. I haven't recorded not one of those grades in the grade book because it's all electronic and I can't use my computer for that type of stuff during school because my computer is being used on the smart board to project everything else. So even if I'm having them watch something or copy something from the board, I can't use my computer to enter the information into the grade book because it's being used for teaching. Now, I told you, you can do that, though. But you haven't been to my room to fix it. No, I don't have to fix it. You just, it's a choice. It's a choice. I don't know how to do it. That's, okay. I married a tech. No, no, no. It, it's right there on the corner of your thing. It's right there. But Project. also, at Project. that time, if I'm trying to put the grades into the grade book. You could be, we're doing that while it's showing yes, on the thing. But they might be in that, in that book. <laughs> they might have those books already. Well, yeah. That they're using. Yeah, they're at using that very the moment. Yeah, I don't. They they have a they have the the whole system of, and that's why I say rigor is really not what they're looking for. They're wanting them to complete notebooks so they look good to the parents. They're not having them do work that is impactful and meaningful for their education. Yep. And that's where the problem is because I'm looking at it like. Okay, we're doing things, but I might do stuff like have them start writing something 
and then have them do other things to maybe build a skill inside of writing and then have them come back to the writing. Well, if we're doing that in a notebook, all of a sudden now everybody is all concerned and worried because the two things that would go together are separated by other pieces of work and they think they're supposed to go together and then they're all confused because they've had these dumb rules from first grade Puppets. through fifth grade about how to organize their book because they've never been taught that a notebook is going to be different. It's not day to day. It's not going to be the same, Aaron. So, I mean, it's, 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 I'm to the point now where I'm like, maybe I should just start using loose leaf paper. Just start ripping it out and, and doing it that way and saying, everybody bring a folder for my class. Because if I have a folder, I can have them doing assignments, handing those assignments in like every other normal school in the world, handing in the assignments, and then I could grade the assignments and their notebook that they're going to use in class is separate from that and they can do their daily work in it. Let me ask you this question. If your kids are writing in the notebook... And they get to the bottom of the page, but they still have more to write. Do they ask you what to do with Yes. It? Why the it's fuck wouldn't they just go Turn to the, the next page. page? Turn the page. They ask me, teacher, I'm out of space. What do I do? Yes. You go to the next yes. page. It's empty. Dude. You have to understand. My kids are in sixth grade. They aren't allowed to do it. They are told every single step of everything. They yeah. are creating puppets. Yeah. Because because control. control that's all it is is control. control it's all about control and and that's the that's not teaching no 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 Normally that's teaching learning. control that's teaching how to be controlled yeah that's that's what you're teaching them that's what their focus is that's why I say rigor is not the focus critical thinking not the focus I heard this week one of the teachers say now they have this stupid thing that the kids must move silently through the classrooms or throughout the hallways. And when they come back from recess, they line up outside and they do all this stupid shit to get them to line up quietly. And I don't. I just stand there, wait for them to, you know, all get in the line because I always have a couple of them sitting around the tree doing whatever they're doing. So I just stand there. When they're ready, they give me a thumbs up. I look at the person that's calling the classes and I say, okay, I'm ready to go. Or I just fucking go because I don't need to be dismissed. I'm not a child. So as I was going, I heard one of the first grade teachers say, why do I still hear talking? We're moving. Why, are my, why am I hearing talking? And all I could think was because they're children. Duh. That's all I could think. They're kids coming in after running around and being crazy for 25 minutes. And you think standing in line for two or three minutes is going to get them to calm down? Well, no. the expectation is that they must. But these kids I'm, have no self-control as it is. Well, that's, that's where I say that they're, what they want is butting up against their culture. They're, they have a culture of socializing. They have a culture of not being quiet. Opposite from what we saw in China. In China, they have a culture of being quiet and not sticking out. Right. So, like, for example, a perfect example is lining them up. When I line up my kids, usually I, I take the first child, who's usually short, and I tell them, don't move. Because everybody needs to see your head, and that's where they line up. So if they know that they can't see you, then, then they know that they're in line. But then you always have the child who sticks out. 
And then another one that sticks out. Yep. And then another one and another one. And you keep telling them, get in line. And they keep popping out. So they'll move in, but then they'll pop out again to say something or talk to somebody yep. or do a thing. Or play with Whereas the person across the opposite them. thing, in China, they all line up because they knew that they were going to get beaten if they didn't get in line. Yep. Now, culturally speaking, these kids... Could, you could have teachers that lined up and they couldn't do the lining up right. Oh, no. And they have to be told, put your hand up, put your hand down, put your hand up, put your hand down. That was the way that they knew that they were in line. Yeah. And so if you don't do those things, then the kids don't know what to do. And they don't understand that all they have to do is put their head directly behind the other person's head. And now you're in line. And then you won't have a line that does this. And goes off to the side because they don't understand that you're not supposed to see me. You're supposed to be straight in line, head behind head. And that's, they're, they're looking at it like you should be following a rule that culturally we don't follow. Right. Yep. And I'm sitting there going, I don't care. I don't care. I don't either. care. I need you to get from here to there in less than zero, less than 60 seconds because class ended at 1030 and now you're supposed to be in your next class at 1030. That's what I'm thinking of. Because <laughs> for us, time is time. You follow it. You, you follow the clock. You are punctual. All the clocks in the school. You follow the clocks. There's a clock in the school. I haven't seen one yet. Anyway, you're punctual. If you're if you arrive at, if the class starts at ten thirty and you arrive at ten thirty, you're late. Yep. If class starts at five thirty or ten thirty, you should be there at ten twenty-five. Yep. But they don't work like that, and getting these children just they don't even come to work that way. Dude, we are we don't have to be there until seven o'clock. Aaron and I, the latest that we have ever clocked in upstairs was seven or it was six fifty-five. That's the latest we've ever clocked in. And that was after we walked in to the gate, signed, and then walked to the third floor. That's the latest. So I've seen people coming in at like 10 after 7, 7.25. We had one teacher. Class starts at 7.30. Kids, you have to be in your classroom and ready to go by 7.10 for our grade. I've seen teachers coming in at 7.27. I'm like, bitch, how you keep your job? I've seen teachers come in at 7, after set, like 7.15, 7.20. And we start at 7.10. Oh, hell to the no. Yeah, so. I don't get that. They're so afraid of saying anything because they're afraid they're going to lose their job. But doing something doesn't have the same fear. Well, we were told our first day that if we were more than one minute late, so if we have to be there by 7 and we clock in at 7.01, our facial recognition thing is 7.01, and we do that three times, we get suspended without pay. For how many days? I don't know. I don't even care. I don't know. I don't know, but I know that the one teacher on my floor has been late. I don't even know how many times. I think the the problem is, like I said, their culture is not an on time. Like they're not focused on time the way we focus on time. If they did, they would have clocks in the school. 
Yeah, they have no and clocks, and there's no, and there's zero bell system. So each teacher is required to somehow figure out what time it is, all using different clocks. Yeah. So how is that consistent? How does that teach and responsibility? And we're not allowed to have our phones visible. Man, please. Now. I don't even. I don't even want to think about that. No th- more. We got a we got an email saying phones couldn't be couldn't be used in the classroom, and my coordinator she said something to me about oh, it, and I said, "Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, my phone will always be on my desk, the sound will always be on, and I will always be using my phone. I'm not going to be text messaging. I'm not going to be Facebooking." But if the students come to me and say, Mrs. Farr, how do you say this in English? And I don't know because I don't speak Spanish. I'm going to ask Google Translate and then I'm going to show it to the kids. I said, also, I have two children at home alone in a country where they don't have any friends or family or anyone else should something happen. And the look at her face was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well, well, if if somebody comes into your classroom, just cover your phone with the paper. Somebody comes into the classroom and tell them to send the goddamn thing. I said, no, I'm not going to cover it with a paper. It's going to be on my desk. See, this is this is the fear thing. And I have a feeling that they have something. And this is where I this is where we messed up coming here was we thought it was a private school. We did think and it was a private it's school. It's not a private school because all of the and that maybe maybe Mexico does not have schools independent of their government. Um, government they do run not run schools. So if that's the case, we should have been better at finding out that information right. because they are worried about what these other people are going to say from this other governmental organization. Right. Whereas when I heard private school, having gone to private school, I knew that they didn't have to, there's there's things that you just don't do right. in a private school yep. because what the government has mandated may not make sense. And as a private school, that's the reason you have a private school. You don't want to follow those particular things. That could be curriculum. That could be um, maybe paperwork or whatever, yep. or who can attend, who can be kept out. All of these things are part of what private schools are. Yeah. And here, they don't have that. So they're worried not about, like, if somebody from ISP, who owns the school, if somebody from ISP came in, I would tell them the exact same thing that I've told everybody else, because why not? But I have I no did. fear. I have no fear of people from ISP. No. Now, if you, if you, have the people in the building, you make your, your direct manager understand like your position and they should understand that you're in a different position. Like the rule was never designed for you. It was never, it was never for us when they talk about don't use cell phones because they had people that were using cell phones to use the cell phone for a communication tool with people outside of the school because they live here. Whereas we were using it or translator. Right. You know, like, how do I say this? Or is this right? Or how do I spell this word? Well, guess what? I don't have another dictionary outside of my cell phone right. that I can use in the classroom. I don't have a dictionary that's going to tell me British English versus American English in the classroom. All I have is my cell phone. So, and, and of course, these are, like I said 
uh, yesterday, whatever. These are strategies that we came up with working in multiple countries. Yes. These other people have never done that before. Yep. So they don't really understand what it's like to be teaching their mother tongue to people that those other people are learning the, the second that language. language as a second language. Yeah. They don't have that even in their head to come up with strategies to do that. They're only teaching people Spanish in Spanish right. in a Spanish-speaking country. Or they're teaching people in, in teaching them English in a Spanish-speaking country, but Spanish is their first language. But they share, they all share Spanish. Right. Yeah, they're, so, not, they're not looking at it from our perspective, and that's, that's why they have rules that don't make any sense for people like us. Right. And that's why we're always going to be like, no. No. <laughs> and I was very I, honest I, I with her. I can't throw I'm like, that away. I, that's a tool that I must have. Yeah. And that's what I said to her. I'm not going to do it. I have to use it. If you want me to use my iPad, I'll use that too. Button, Aaron. Um, so when I had the observation, the American teacher is from ISP. So as she's walking around talking to the students and and the Mexican coordinator is standing there watching everything, one of the kids runs up to me and says, Mrs. Farr, Mrs. Farr, how do I say this in English? And I said, okay, everybody, hold on a second, quiet down, we have to ask Google a question. So I open my Google Translate app, I push the microphone the student says it i give it to him in english i hold it up for everyone to see and he runs back and starts writing it on his paper and a bunch of other kids at the same time then start writing it down on their paper because they had the same question it just they hadn't come up to me yet and so i was showing in the moment to the coordinator and to the woman from isp how i use the translator in the classroom and the woman from ISP, the American teacher, was like, that is awesome. Whereas the Mexican coordinator stood there with her mouth open like, oh, no, you used your phone in the classroom. And I said, I do it all the time. Yep. We have to have a tool for these kids. Not only are we showing them that we don't know and we have to find out just like they do, but we're then showing them the tools to use to then find the information that they need. They know that the teachers don't know everything and that we have to do just as much work to find the information. So if they know we have to do it, they know they have to do it. Yep. The expectation is, like we did to our own kids, you got to look it up. You got to find out. You can't just sit there and, and ask me and think that I'm going to give you the answer just because I am quote unquote teacher. Right. You, you need to find out. So when they came to me and they say, Teacher, how, what is this word? And I say, go over to the dictionary and look it up. What does the dictionary say? And then they get the dictionary and they say, well, teacher, I don't understand. Good. Now let's talk about that. Yeah. Because that's where the lesson is. Because in if we're trying to acquire English as a second language, we need to understand that the tool, if you can't understand the tool... Then that's where we need to. That's where we need to work on trying to understand. Right. Now, what inside of there don't you understand? What is it that you don't know? How come you can't reiterate that to me? Well, I don't know what this word is. Okay, well then look up that word. Yeah. And you go down a rabbit hole of vocabulary Ooh, that you need that to. Shit. You need to. You need to go through in order to try to figure out like to for for the dictionary to become a useful tool for you. Yeah. You know, and we do it 
in English, you're doing it in a very young age. Yep. But see, in Spanish, they're not, I don't think they're ever doing it. Yeah. They're just relying on someone else to tell them that's what this yep. means. And so then you have to build up a skill using the dictionary. And even if, because a lot of them said, well, can't we just take out our iPads and look it up in the dictionary? And it's like, and of course you can. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Yep. But you need the practice of knowing that R does not come before you. Oh. You see, they're still working on on just alphabetizing. So then, because yep. a lot of them, when they would, if they use their iPad, they can type in the word and it gives it right back to them. Right. But if they use the book, they can't find the word. And I don't know how many times in the last two weeks where I sat there and said, you are not in the right place. The word is in the book. Now, what are you doing wrong? And they would be like, looking it up and being like, M. You're in the M's. But your word is R-O. Why are you in the M's? <laughs> you know? Oh my and gosh, they we would, they how to use they, the dictionary they didn't, in first they, And the, the, in their dictionary, because it's a dictionary built for younger learners, on the side, it has the alphabet on every page. It and says it. Is it like blocked where the? No, no. It's just a whole. The whole alphabet is written on every page. So if you don't know what where M is in relation to R, you can see it right there on down the side of every oh, single okay. page. And so it's like all you have to do is look at it. But they don't. They haven't used the tool enough. They've had it there, but they haven't used it. And when they get to the point after the next week or so of doing this, then it'll be like, okay, now take out your iPads. Pull up the Oxford English Dictionary. Yes, you're going to now use a British British dictionary to try to understand these words. And because they're all of their stuff that they're using is now in British English, they're going to have to have another dictionary to compare to. Because yeah. spelling might change and meaning will change, change and depending on the word. And it's not going to come up very often, but it will come up. And, you know, it's... Yeah. it's they... they we are teaching them tools to move them forward. Whereas the Spanish teachers are not looking at it that way no. because they're looking at it more from, you know, it's Mexican culture, it's our language, it's how we do things on a daily basis. Yep. Not looking at it like the way we look at it, like this is something extra. This is something outside that you have to pick up and try to relate it back to right. what you do in your other language. And to be fair, we couldn't, have made it through China without Google Translate. We couldn't have made it in Thailand without Google Translate sometimes. Teaching or life. Right, because if you don't well, speak the language... It's a little different because a lot of people did speak English. Uh, right, a lot of people did speak English, but yeah. if they didn't, you had to have your translator. And especially in China, in, the, in southern China, because I couldn't use any of my Mandarin... I had to only have Cantonese. And so I had to have a translator because I couldn't communicate otherwise. I mean, some of them under, if they were younger, they understood Mandarin. But if they were, say, 40 or older, they may not speak Mandarin at all. So we've had to use it. Now, let me ask you this. Do you allow your students to call you teacher? Allow? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This week, it just got, like, it started getting under my skin. Because I hear... This week? This week. This week, 
it's been bothering me, but it, it now it's like it's needles. And this week they're teacher, 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 teacher. And I looked at them one day, probably Tuesday, and I said, I have a name. <laughs> I have a name. Use it. Teacher, student. <laughs> so. <laughs> Something you could not do in China. Right. Because every teacher and everybody that works at school is called Te- teacher. Right. Karen T- La- T- Laosha. No, no, no. La- teacher. Teacher, yeah. It's just teacher in but Cantonese here they teacher do, right. in Mandarin, but it's teacher. Here they don't do that with their Mexican teachers. Here they call the Mexican teachers <laughs> by their name. So to the, the Friday, I was done. I was finished. I wrote on the board, my name is Mrs. Farr. Teacher is my career, my profession, my job. It is not my name. Yeah, I don't care. And the kids were like... You've been called teacher this whole time. The kids were like, what? And so I had to explain that to them. You know, I went to college, to university to become a teacher. I didn't change my name to teacher. My name is Mrs. Farr. So then when the kids started like, oh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of them instantly got it. Mrs. Farr, blah, blah, blah. But then they kept going on teacher. I'm like, yes, student. No, I'm so-and-so. I know, but I'm Mrs. Farr. I'm not teacher. So today you're going to be student. And by the end of the day, if somebody called me teacher, the other kids were like, no, 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 it's Mrs. Farr. It's Mrs. Farr. Just was driving me crazy. And my coordinator couldn't understand what the big deal was. Yeah, I don't see it as And a big I looked deal. at her and I was like, I am a teacher. I am not teacher. I am Mrs. Farr. And she said, but in this culture, we call people by their first name. And I said, that's nice. But you don't call them teacher. So if they can call Miss Maggie, Miss Maggie, and Miss Moni, Miss Moni, why can't they call me Mrs. Farr? Why am I teacher? Why am I less than they are? And she was floored. Like, I never thought of it like that. And I'm like, of course you didn't. That's usually the problem. I never thought of it that way. I said, we're trying to teach these children respect. Part of respect is saying some, calling someone by their name. No. Part of respect is calling that person what they want to and be called. And I want to be called That's the respect Mrs. part. Farr. Because, you I, see, in my class, I don't give a damn what they call me. I really don't. <laughs> I really, I just. I, I do. As long as it's respectful. Right. So that means it's full of respect. So they could, they could be like, Aaron, I don't care. That's my name. Like you said, that's my name. Right. So I don't care about that. What I care about is don't call me, hey, asshole. <laughs> you know, now I'm going to have a problem with you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, fuck face. Get over here. I have a question. No, no. Now we're going to have a problem and somebody's going to be picking you up off the floor. <laughs> if you are respectful and you just you're asking for help and you say teacher i don't understand or i don't i don't care about any of those titles or (laughs) words or anything because in thailand it was one way in the united states was another way in china was another way it's like i i mean imagine sitting in a chinese high school trying to say call me mr far you'd spend so much time they trying can't to say get far. them, trying to get them to do that. It would, it would, it would, it would be a wasted lesson. What am I really trying to teach you? Just go with teacher. It's fine. 
I, yes, I am the only one here. You know, just go with teachers. What bothered me, though, what bothered me was that people who were not teachers being called teacher. And that, that pissed me. me off. Yeah. Because it's like, I went to school for this, and you're calling this idiot who, who didn't even go to school to be a teacher, who doesn't teach you, yep. and you're calling them teacher. Well, you're giving them a, a level of respect inside of Asia. Yeah. You're giving them a level of respect that they don't deserve. Well, take a look at our psychologists. They call our psychologists prof, professor. But you're talking about in Mexico, not in Yeah, China. here. And I'm like, but he's not a professor. He's a psychologist. Why not just call him either Dr. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so, but not prof? That pisses me off. You didn't go to school to be a teacher. You're not a teacher. You're a psychologist. Yes, That's the path you we, chose. We look, at, we, we look at teacher, I think, because we're teachers. We're, we look at being a teacher as bigger. We inflate it more because... It is we've bigger. Put, but we've put the time and the effort into understanding what being a teacher is, the expectations of a teacher, and the high expectations that we put on ourselves ourselves as teachers. They that other people don't have if they're not teachers. If they are working in, say, another industry and they're not teachers, we give them the the title of whatever it is, you know, you don't call that person teacher, you call them architect. Right. You don't call that person teacher, you call them doctor. Yeah. You, I mean, there's a, there's a reason whatever. why you call people what the, what we call them so that... It's their title. Their, but it's their title based on the the level of, of education that they've attained right. in that particular discipline. And we're trying to say something about right. that. Whereas when we come in and you start calling everybody in the school the same thing, you're diminishing what we did right. and saying, oh, that's not as important as all those other people yep. out there because you don't call lawyer teacher, even though that lawyer might actually be a teacher somewhere. You're not calling them teacher. You're calling them lawyer. You're saying that they're yep. a lawyer. And they didn't go to school to be a teacher. They went to school for the law. Yep. So it's like, I think, I think in a lot of ways, we the teaching people in the world see that as far more noble than everybody else. Maybe. And, that, and that's why, you know, teachers don't get paid that much. That's why we deal with the stuff that we deal with. Mm -hmm. Crazy, you know, we have a need for unions because we won't get any protection if we don't have it. You know, all of those things. Yep. Because teachers are always seen as, oh, you just spent some time learning some stuff. Not realizing that, no, I went to school to learn how to teach. Right. Like, that's the thing that I is missing in so many other places. I already knew how to do second places. grade math. <laughs> right. <laughs> I right. passed this. I say this all the time. I passed the second no, grade. you sort of passed it. <laughs> I on. passed the second I mean, grade. Come on. We've seen I don't, her do math. Tequila yeah, is my passed, friend. Come on. Buy it. I mean. No, I can do cal second grade math. Calculator. The calculator works for you sometimes. So. Folks. I wish they were lying. The math is bad. My math is horrible. Unless tequila is there to help me out. And you didn't even finish your tequila on tequila Thursday. I couldn't. It was too much and it was making me itch. So anyway, I don't know. I think when it comes down to teaching respect and then teaching kids like what should, 
Like, what should they do when they encounter someone from somewhere else? They have to realize, and I think the teachers in an international school would already know this, right. that, that people coming from somewhere else. So if I get a, a teacher that comes from Uganda, I must realize that they're going to have a different set of norms and practices that must be taken into account with the students, yep. with the other teaching staff. And they, and you don't sit there and say, oh, they're weird because they want this thing. It's like, no, this is their culture. And that's why you hired them. You yep. hired them to give a different perspective instead of just reinforcing the exact same thing. Because if yep. you were going to do that, you could have gotten somebody from your country. International schools are supposed to have diversity in the teaching staff, in the student body, and in the management staff. If you have that, then you actually have an internationally focused school. Mm -hmm. But if you just have a school full of Mexican teachers teaching Mexican students, doing a Mexican, Mexican curriculum, guess what? That's called Mexican school. Right. That's not an same international Chinese, school. Same right. as Thai. We've seen it in China. We've seen it in Thailand. We've seen it all over. There, you're not giving and, and having somebody come in and say do a, a a oral English class one time a week with your students does not make your school international. That's the problem that I think in the international school world, which is a different kind of education than everybody else, that they I think that the whoever is the the home team, the the local people, no matter what country it is, whoever they are, they're always fighting that. Because they realize that their culture is not the number one most important thing anymore at that school. Right. I, the only truly international school that I taught in, actually there were two, was uh, the small international school in Thailand. Both of them were Thai in Thailand. The one in Thailand where the children went, there were only two fully Thai kids in the entire school. The rest were kids from all over the world. They might have had one Thai parent, but then they had a foreign parent, and they held dual citizenship. But they were... That was truly an international school. And there weren't any Thai teachers. Yes, there was. Your Thai teacher was Thai. Oh, oh my... Oh my. There was a Chinese teacher, there was a Filipino the teacher, teacher a Thai, Thai teacher. That's always good. An American teacher. And then the school was run by a Chinese person and a person from South Africa. South Africa. I'm sorry, but if you don't if you don't have diversity and that's cultural as well as national mm -hmm. diversity. In your school, you probably don't have an international school. You just right. have a school that is offering a couple classes here and there, but you're really not internationally focused. Right. Because if you're going to be, like for example, if, you, if you're going to have an international school, what you would do is you would be looking out across different countries and saying, this is the Independence Day of that country, and this is the Independence Day of that country, mm -hmm. and this is the Independence Day of your country where we are right now. And this, and you keep doing that, and you would highlight these things throughout the year. Maybe you can't do them all, because that would kind of be crazy, but maybe you pick different ones every year, keeping the one for your country, of course, but doing different ones every year. And, and what you're actually saying to the students is, 
everybody has an independence day. Right. Or everybody has a day when their current government structure was created. Now, they are, are celebrating that day. How do they do this? What do they do for this day? Do they dress up? Is it very traditional? Is it is it very modern? Is it what is it that they do? And actually showing the students through that kind of an observance, all of these things are important. They're all important mm -hmm. to the world. You're, you're making them think about the world differently. Right. Whereas in what I've seen, nobody does that. Nobody thinks about the other places around them unless they might have a student from that place. Right. So if you don't have international students, well, guess what? Then you don't have an international focus because you're not thinking about right. all those other places. But then when you go into a real international school, you might see we have teachers from these places. Yeah. We have students from these places. And we're, this year, we're going to look at all of these places where these teachers and students come from. Because why would you want to slight anyone? You don't. When I worked at the international school, each teacher had their country's flag displayed in their classroom. And at one point, I was supposed to teach, because we taught an American curriculum, I was supposed to teach them all our national anthem so they could sing it. Well, I didn't like the fact that I was expected to sing the Thai national anthem every day and that my children were expected to sing the Thai national anthem every day. So what I chose to do is have each student learn their own national anthem and then share it with the class. Because then we could hear from Sweden and yep. Switzerland and Belgium and the Netherlands or whatever, wherever they were from, Japan, you know, Korea, wherever they were from, we could then hear how they are the same and how they're different and you know, what are some of the words that stick out to you and why was it written? It just makes a huge difference. But you'd never get that in China. Nope. Ever. I mean, I, honestly, if you're if you're gonna be an international school and I, and a lot of these <clears throat> a lot of the um places that we've been so far they they really don't they're not really they really don't want to be international they no. they're acting as if they do but they really don't want that and that's the frustrating thing for me as a teacher because i want to know <laughs> about that about that place i want to know about this place that I'm in and then if there are students from other places I want to learn about those things but the school gives no credence to any of these other things being important at all right and that's what they that's what I think they they really should do they should all be thinking along those lines if they're going to be calling themselves an international education because right now like the kid what we have at the school we're at now is basically just a Mexican education Right. They're just following the curriculum of Mexico. Now, so, I have a feeling that that is about to change. I don't think it's going to change because they can't change. But They've got to keep all of those Mexican things in the curriculum, which well, leaves no time they, for all the other stuff. That's why they get half their education in Spanish and half their education in English. But they're not getting 
international. No. They're not getting an internationally focused curriculum. They're just getting this is Mexico and that's that other stuff. Right. You're going to learn British English today and American English tomorrow. And the problem that the that this school is going to have right now is they have so many teachers who've been with them for 15 years or more and they don't want to change. <clears throat> I don't know if they're capable of changing. But the changes are coming and they can see it and they're getting more nervous. And I've had a few teachers say to me, I don't know if I can teach a British curriculum because I only know American English. And when I explain to them, they're, they're not really all that different. Nope. A little bit of sentence structure differences, spelling differences. Not worth, really worth talking about. Not, not worth getting upset about. They are freaking out because... Sixth grade already has the British curriculum, whereas everybody else is still learning American. And the teachers just don't want to switch because they aren't comfortable with it. They don't know the differences. That, and really, there isn't. Well, there are. I mean, there are some, there but are. it's not, it's not so dramatic be, that you're going to... They can be significant. If I walk over there and say, that's the litter bin, are you talking about for the cats? Right. That's the, the litter, that's the that's where the cats go to the bathroom, right? No, no, no. That's where we put all of our rubbish. What the fuck is rubbish? Your garbage. You see what I mean? I mean, yeah. yes, it can be significant. That was a loud glory that just passed. Yeah, there's Here. it it can be. But the problem is, why is it that you're if you're going to be teaching English, even in America, we have to learn British English. We do. I mean, And that's just in our literature. Just just yep. literature yep. because you have to read it. Aaron, button. So that, I, I guess, and maybe that's where the problem is, is they aren't looking at, I, I think I said this earlier in the week, they don't look at English as art. No. And because they don't look at English as art, they're not teaching it as art. They're just looking at it as language acquisition. So I was, I, I this last week on the 9th, was it 19th? What day was the earthquake thing? 19th. Okay. So on the 19th, they have a commemoration for two, two major earthquake events. So what I did was, because some of these kids have some they real trauma. PTSD okay? for sure. They have real trauma today because of what happened last year yep. while they were at school and at home. Then they have real trauma because of what happened to their family members in other parts of Mexico right. or whatever. 30 years ago. They no, no, no. I'm talking about this last, oh, year. last year. I mean, you got people whose parents or grandparents were died, killed. And you have all these different oh. things. So I was sitting there going, I had planned to do something else. I don't remember what it was now. And I, and I looked around and the kids were like, I mean, visibly worried. Yeah. So I said, too. okay, let me get some white piece of paper out. Get out some construction paper. Get out some some stuff glue i want you to tell me about what you think and feel about today about this day about the commemoration about what happened in the past i would just put it on this paper that's what i want you to do and they were all they all kind of saw it as an art thing like a fun oh we don't have to study today thing until they started doing it and then i started having kids like start crying yep. in class and other kids want to console them and it was a it was a day a whole day of this over and over and over, and 
the school tried to hide it from all of these kids. Oh, they my didn't little. Want, they didn't want to, to engage the students. They didn't want to acknowledge the trauma that the kids are still suffering. Right. And then when, they, when my kids got, it, would, it doesn't help anything. And you would think that all the psychiatrists and psychologists at the school yeah. would have said, you aren't helping. There are like four. And so then I, and, and, and so I, I sat there and I had them do this thing. And then when they get done, they get to put all the papers all up on the wall. Mm. In this, in the, not, on the, not on the walls, but that I have this uh, kind of cross beams mm. that are in my classroom that hang low. Hobbit that hole. I can put stuff on that the kids can see. Well, when they got everything up, I told them, take time to walk around and look at this. And they have a shared experience, but everybody was ignoring it. Nobody was dealing with the fact that these kids were going through what they were going through. And now the kids, if you walk into the classroom, they can see it. So then I go and I have, I know it's a long story. So then I go and I have my co-teacher come in and look at this. And she's looking at it and she's going, oh, oh, oh. And I looked at it like art. Because these were artful depictions of their feelings and thoughts. They weren't just words and they weren't just pictures. They, some of them used like no words. Some of them used lots of words. And there was a mixture all in there. And I was sitting there and I was like, do you see what this child has done? Because I had one, one of my favorite ones is, there's uh, the, the, the picture is a black eye and a black eye and a big round, totally round mouth, very big. And the rest of it is all these colored pieces of paper all ripped up and it looks like the head is just exploded across the entire paper. That's all it is. Yeah. It says nothing else. And what she said was, was this is how I felt during the earthquake. Mm. And because my co-teacher had not thought about this as art, like what they were writing and doing as art. She hadn't studied art. She hadn't gone to school and studied any art. Whereas when we study English we have in the to States, study art. part of that is looking at English as an art, like as a part of the pantheon yeah. of all the other kinds of art out there during a particular time period. Yep. And so I'm looking at it and I start picking it apart, looking at the art of it. You know, like I looked at one and said, I don't know what this one is supposed to be. He's, he wrote on there that the colors represented his feelings, but I don't know what yellow means to him. Right. So it, I don't know what that is. It, it, the, he's got brown here and red there and then yellow here and green there and with a blue sky. What? And then, he smi and then he drew himself smiling. What am I supposed to get from that? Like, uh -huh. what is he trying to say? I could not understand it, you know, because I'm looking at it as art. You know, right. so there's there's this thing, there's this idea that, oh, it's English. We're just here to learn the language, to get by in the world or to do business or to go to the next level of education. Not realizing that we're not looking at it that way. Like, I need you to be able to write a coherent paragraph, not just so that you can go to seventh grade. I need you to do this because I want to know about your voice and what you think and feel. And I want to know how that, how you express that in writing on a piece of paper. What did your co-teacher have to say about well, the art thing? She just, she just doesn't, it doesn't, she doesn't, she it, doesn't know it because she didn't study it. It doesn't register with them. Well, it doesn't register with most people that, are, that it's the second language. Right. Like when I was studying Spanish, I had to read Spanish poetry, Spanish 
prose, watch Spanish, Spanish movies, fiction, look- nonfiction, watch movies. You're you're looking at the language and the culture and you're seeing the artfulness of it. We had to do something when I was taking French. We had to take a piece of music in French and then try to not only did we have to translate it, but then we had to try to figure out what they were trying to say mm-hmm. in that song in French. But then how did it translate into English and did the message change? Right. So yeah, that's you have to look art. At it as art. It's not. And, and, and I think in a lot of places, they don't get there. Yeah. They're not getting to the art part of language. They're just looking at, can you, can you have a conversation with someone? Because they're only focused on conversation thinking that's the end. And it's like, no. But a lot of these kids are going to go into business and take over their family businesses that are all international. And they're going to have to be able to communicate not only verbally, but written. And they're going to have to try to... But they're not looking at... But see, they're not also... Even in that context, there's a business language that's not artful. Yes. And that's what they're learning how to do. Yeah. Whereas what I'm saying is they need to learn how... They need to learn nuance. They need to find the gray areas. Yep. They have to be able to deal with irony. And sarcasm. All of sarcasm and all those things. You know, yes, some things, are, I think, between the United States and Mexico, are they flow better yeah. than what we saw in, in Asia. Because these kids get sarcasm, whereas oh, in Asia, yeah. they don't. They, they, don't, don't, they don't understand it at all. They like, they'll know. watch a movie, and they'll all be sitting there, and you'll be busting up laughing and they'll be sitting there like I don't get what they're and you have to explain it now you've got 30 minute lesson on what they were talking about and where it came from and then it's not funny anymore because you just had to explain it all it's like explaining a joke one time I was talking to Frank and he made a pun Mm. and I started laughing and he's like what's funny I was like you just made a pun and he's like what the pun Mm -hmm. then I tried to explain it's like you know what never mind Well, no, you should explain yeah, it because explain that it. is. Explain it to the best of my ability. But I mean, that's part of language. The fact that we use language a certain way, and it's not always just to dryly communicate an idea. It's it's communicating a feeling or an emotion or whatever. We do it all the time, but the the problem that second language learners usually have is. They don't know what's relevant and what's not. They don't know right. what they like. Like uh, I, I talked to my boss uh, this week. Uh, we were talking, and she was saying, "You, you tell the kids don't say fine, thank you, and you in the classroom." Oh, I tell like, the I, same I, I so thing. Drives me that. crazy. But she couldn't understand why I kept telling him not to do it, and I kept and I explained to her that's not how we talk. We don't talk that way, so why would I want them to do it in the classroom every day, reinforcing it every day? I want want them to come up with their own way, individually, of how to talk. So, like, and I I gave her the example of a lot of the kids walk in every day and they like to slap the hand. Here, do it with me. They slap a hand and then they do the fist bump, okay? And they do it with all the teachers that they do it with. Huh? They do it with everybody, yeah. Right, they do it with the guards, they do it with everybody. Okay. They do it everybody. Now, what I want is I don't want each child to do it the same way as the child that came before them. Make it I want them own. to have their own individual thing, their own way. And I've only got one kid so far that does a different thing. Is that the Turkish kid? Nope. Oh. <laughs> it's the Cuban kid. Hey, and it, go ahead, Cuban and, kid. And that's the... 
the thing that I want them to do in their writing, yeah, in yeah, their self-expression, yeah. in their verbal expressions, I need them to see what they do as being worth and worthy of other people to pay attention to them. So when I tell them to write something, I say, I always tell them this, and I've been doing it for years, uh, because a lot of times they don't do it. Uh, in your introduction, make it so that I want to keep reading. Yeah. yeah. And see, they don't understand that because they don't know. They're, they're, they just sit there and they're like, they're like, what does that even mean? And it's like, well, is, if it's boring to you, it's probably going to be boring to me. Yeah. I wish I would have listened to that advice when I read The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo because the first six chapters, I just wanted to rip my eyes out. And the rest of it, I really didn't want to read. But, that, but I'd gotten six chapters in, so I had to keep going. I think that's the same with all, like, if you're just creating something, whether it's like a video or a movie, if, it, if it's boring, just two minutes in, you're not going to... That's why you guys don't watching. use Khan Academy. Right, because it's just like, you, you sit there and in the, the CK books, they have links to one guy in Khan Academy. everything. And he is the most boring person I've ever heard in my life. It's like Ben Stein. Bueller. No, he's Bueller. more exciting. <laughs> he's terrible. But that's why. <clears throat> I, I don't know why they still use him. All they I should use Crash Course. I don't, hear, I don't want to hear that. Suffer through. Listen, we've had, we had to watch the old videos where we. You're not even watching film, so you be quiet. Look, we had to watch film. Dude, that's not old. We watched shit from the 50s and the 70s. Film. Film. You come talk to me when the can comes out. And we all would get excited. Ooh, we're going to watch a movie. And they have to string it through the machine. And then, and you come talk to me. And then it would be so boring that you just wanted to die. And if you fell asleep, then the teacher would... Button. If you fell asleep, the teacher would be like, you know, wake up. Or they let you sleep, which might have been worse because then you missed everything. And then you have to... And then you have to answer the questions. Then you had a ditto. <laughs> ah, the ditto. You don't know nothing about that ditto. <laughs> you don't know nothing about that ditto. <laughs> Gotta have a ditto. <laughs> Gotta have a ditto. That one crash. The blue ditto at that. Oh, yeah, with, with the... Yeah, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know nothing about that ditto, man. I'm telling you. He talks just too fast. So then you have to watch the video four or five times just to understand two minutes of it. Because he talks really fast. Yeah, and he just goes—he goes from one thing and says, "Here's the thing. Basically, let's move on to another thing that'll take the rest of the video." And it's like, and then he'll say at the end, "Well, if you understood the first thing, then you'll understand this." And it's like you didn't explain that very well, and I'm confused now. Well, but, I mean, you know, when you. I guess teaching has changed over the years. What we saw back in the day in the 80s, 70s, late 70s and 80s was those same videos. So you learned how to get the information out of the video that you needed one way or the other. I mean, you just had to fight through it, even if it was boring. And we didn't have a whole lot of teachers trying to be innovative 
coming up with new ways to entertain the students while they're in. We didn't have teachers that. Teachers were like, "Look, I'm gonna tell you this shit. You all write it down. If you don't, if you don't know it by the time test time comes, that's your fault because I told you right here, right now. Yeah. And that's the way our teachers taught. How they for do the it most in China. Part. You know, it was like you just sink or swim, sink or swim. That's your only choices. Whereas today, it's everybody's got to be an entertainer, and that I think is becoming a problem because you, you're, you're, the expectation of teachers is that they become something that they never went to school for. Right. You know, I didn't go to school for drama. I did. You know, I didn't. Well, I didn't go to school for. I didn't it. go to I school. Didn't, I participated I didn't go, in right, it. Right, but I didn't go to school for it. drama. I didn't go to school for all this stuff. I went to school to basically teach kids how to do some of the most boring things they'll ever do. Read something. Understand it. Write about that thing. Oh, God. So you got to read something. Imagine reading Beowulf, trying to understand Beowulf, and then write about Beowulf. Yeah, for some kids, it might be interesting. For, For the majority of us, it's not. Dude, how are the Canterbury Tales coming along? So keep that in mind. It's just a, it's, it's for the most part, your, your, your time learning is your time alone trying to understand something without having a whole lot of other things around you to help you along. It's not going to, it's just not going to, for you to learn it. I mean, I don't know how many hours I spent and people of my age spent with flashcards alone, Uh. sitting there going through them to try to understand concepts, ideas, vocabulary, and you do it by yourself. It's not done in the classroom. It's not done with a teacher. It's nobody's going to do a song and dance in front of you to make you feel good about your life choices. You've got to sit there with it and you got to just do it, you know? And, and I think that's the part that we call rigor that is gone from almost all of these right. schools now because it's not fun. And because it's not fun, then the kids don't want to be there. The parents don't want to pay for something the kids don't enjoy. And so then you end up with these schools pandering and kowtowing to these parents because they need the money. And what I'm saying is make your lessons interesting. Right. They don't have to be fun. They have to be interesting. Just make them engage with it. Make them sit back. Cause I've looked at kids before and, and all different ages and said like about writing Okay, make your thing interesting. And they say, well, what does that mean? Like, how do I do that? And I say, okay, when, if you read it and you don't want to keep reading after you read it, nobody else will either. So now, what can you do? How can you change it? And ask those questions and have them come up with the answers and let them edit, let them revise, let them do the tools that we're telling them they need for later on and let them do it now. If you read Kindergarten, this. first grade. Ask the questions. How can I make it better? Start thinking about this thing, this one aspect of their education because it's going to translate, especially for English teachers, it translates into every other subject they learn. Yep. If you read the first two sentences and don't want to keep reading what you wrote. Yeah. Then you just, you, you need to move on. You need to make that, make that a thing. Yeah. You yep. know, do, do it. Do it another way. Maybe you throw it, maybe you set that aside and you write it another way. How, you know, why did you say it this way? Analyze it. Is this really what you meant to say? Is this really what, how you wanted your, your information to come across? But see, that's, if you're doing that, 
in the classroom, what you have is student engagement. Right. And a lot of teachers are scared of that because the student is now basically self-teaching. And that's what scares teachers because then they don't know what to say or what to do because they don't understand that it's not about them. Right. See, I have always seen teaching as I give you something that now you have to take and pick up and run with to get the fullness of it. And then you have to come back with your questions and now our discussion might shine light or create more questions that now you can dive into more on your own. And you keep doing that process with every single subject that you have in school. All of a sudden you get through a year and you're like, wow, I did a ton this year. I went through and learned a lot this year. But see, a lot of teachers think that it's them standing in front of students yapping. And it's like, I'm sorry, but if you become the Peanuts teacher, guess what? Yep. They're not going to get anything from you. And they're going to they're gonna act out in different ways. They're going to do different things. It's like, no, you got to. And, and it's not about, it's not about putting up something on a smart board. It's not about, nope. you know, having iPads. It's not about any of that stuff. Because some of the best teaching moments and learning moments are just the child and the thing in front of them and just observation. Right. Like, just just yeah. sitting there looking at the thing going, wow, why did they, why is that like that? And then trying to go back and answer that question. But see, a lot of the, a lot of the teachers are scared of that moment. Yeah. Yep. Why? Lack of control. There's a lack of control because most to... teachers don't like silence in their classroom if it's not their voice. They they, they, they don't understand. No. They don't know what to do they when, when they silence. stop talking. They no, want that. Si- oh, yeah. They stop talking and then now nothing's happening. Most teachers are afraid of those moments. Thanks. The, the, um, the idea of doing this thing that we've been doing, of course, for uh, years now. Ever. Um, where you... You give somebody, you give a group of kids a, a question or something to consider or think about. You give them five minutes to sort of kind of get their ideas on paper. Now, this is silent time, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to now do something for five, ten minutes, write something down. You have nothing to say or do. Yeah. Most teachers don't know what to do at that time. Oh, I sit there and let them think. Right. Then, you sit there and, and now the teacher wants to tell the student what they did. Instead of the teacher sitting back and saying, okay, now that you did this thing, get with another student and you guys talk about it. And then the teacher walks around, listen, what I do all the time, walks around listening to the different conversations and then helping them see what they're doing and, and being available in those small group moments for questions for commentary, for different ideas, and, and, and encouraging further exploration into those things. Most teachers, have, they, they don't know what to do with that. You, the noise it's by itself freaks them out. Oh, yeah. Of, of them conversations. Them having those different conversations at the same time. Like when the day that I had my observation, my classroom was chaotic, which is how I like it. I want them talking. I want them asking questions. I want them being together and, and hashing Engaging. things out. I want that. 
But then I happened to walk past my co-teacher's classroom while they were observing, and her kids were all silent, sitting there quietly while she's teaching from the smart board, and there's a child up at the front pointing things out on the smart board. And my classroom was totally different. One, I only had 20 minutes for this because between recess and the next class. I have a 20-minute window. So I just extend whatever project I'm doing into that 20 minutes. They don't do that. They want them to sit there quietly. Get your things out. Sit there quietly. Don't talk. But I'm teaching a second language. If I'm constantly telling the kids not to talk, how the hell are they ever going to get the damn language? I need them to talk. I need them to try. I need them to ask the questions, how do I say this in English? If I'm always telling them to be quiet, they're never going to get it. And the funny thing about that is they want to say, oh, well, while you're in English classes, don't speak Spanish. or right. don't speak." It's like, but they don't have another way to say it to each other. So right. if that child has a question and they don't know how to say it in English, what other language would they go to if you take away Spanish too? So what I do when I have... Because my littles don't have nearly as much English as your bigger kids. And some of them, some of them do. <laughs> some of them. Might. Because I've got a couple that are, yeah, um, some of them are fluent in both. And so if they're really struggling to ask me a question or whatever they need to tell me, I'll say to them, do you need help from a friend? And Call a friend. They say yes. And I phone say, a friend. Go. Or Go get someone to come up here with you and help you. And so they will go and choose a student who speaks well, and they'll come up and they'll give them the words, and then they have to tell me the other student can't say it to, for them. So that's reinforcing all sorts of things. The collaboration, the cooperation, the, the language acquisition. But other teachers don't need to do that. Right. Because it, the kid can't say it in English, they can understand it in Spanish. So my classrooms are so different. But two, you and Keegan have been in that type of environment since the day you started school. We chose a Reggio environment because of that aspect, because of the collaboration and the cooperation, because every student's voice had equal weight. That's why we chose it. Button. But what we're experiencing here, well, in every school outside of a Reggio school, is that the teacher's voice is the only weight, has the only weight. Yep. Everybody else doesn't matter. Yep. It's the teacher is the one ha that is in control constantly or tries to constantly be in control. They have this illusion of control. Yeah, they're not. They and don't. it's funny because when at the beginning of the school year, when we're sitting there with no students and that was the lesson that was being taught to the Mexican teachers on a new way to teach yeah. was what we just described that we're already doing. And a lot of times And the teachers still aren't doing it because they don't know how because they don't know how. They don't they don't they're not comfortable with it, but they're not being and I and I said this to the director because he knows all of those things and those different strategies, but he's not, he's introducing it to them, but he's not showing them how to actually right. do it in yep. the classroom. So he started to change what he did, even though we missed it. Right. He's starting to change what he does to get them to see, 
okay, this is how you go from planning a lesson to implementing that lesson and then making it engaging for the student. Yep. And you don't walk, you don't just stand in front of a class talking because a lot of the teachers, they think that's what teaching is. It's like, no, teaching is facilitation yeah. of a lesson, like facilitating learning. Yep. But a lot of teachers think teaching is talking Ugh. and they don't realize that I could talk less and you could learn more. And I, and a lot of times, I, one of my first things that I ever tell students is you do not need me. I don't need <laughs> to be here. And they all, they all have said up to this point, no, no teacher, we need you. No, you don't. No. I was like, all you need is a book and the ability to read. Aaron Can you do that? Aaron and proof of that. Well, the, all <laughs> students are proof of that because no teacher outside of maybe some in China do not take this test for the students. Right. So you're, you're, you are, it, it is incumbent on you as a student to do the learning. The teacher's there to maybe answer questions, but you have to have the questions in order for the teacher to even delve into it. Yep. So basically we're all Socrates. We come up with a, we come up with something. We come up with a question. We let you explore it. We discuss it. We argue about it. We have our different points of view and then all the teacher wants you to ever do is be able to go through that process on your own. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's what every paper is. That's what you're always defending or arguing something. Yep. You're, 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 or you're just highlighting something, but that's all you're ever really doing. Well, I think it's really funny because Friday when we had to go and get our pictures taken, I, gave, I had to write the lesson plan for my substitute. And when I was explaining to her, I want them to listen to this story. It's only like nine minutes long. I want them to listen to the story, play it for them twice, and then they are to draw a picture from the story and write 10 sentences about the story. Now this is a Mexican teacher and she said to me, can they write 10 sentences? Uh, it, the fact that she even asked that was crazy. I'm like, of course they can write 10 sentences. They're fucking second graders. Why wouldn't they be able to write 10 sentences? Well, that's a lot. No, it isn't. Raise your expectations. They listen to this stuff in English. They have to sit quietly and listen to it the first time. The second time, if they want to start writing, they can. But they have to be quiet and listen so that everybody can hear it. Oh, I just don't think they can do it. Well, well that's that's the problem. That's where the that's where the issue comes in is maybe you do it and find out that they couldn't do it. Right. That's what and I and I found I have seen that a few times when it comes to the teachers that at this particular school is they don't do things because they assume the kids that can't handle something it. is going to go wrong and they can't yeah. do it instead of looking at it like, let's do it, let's see where they are, and then modify the next thing. The problem with that is, we don't look at lessons over a week, and they're looking at lessons over a week and trying to hold two. Yeah, I don't so I changed my lesson plan every day. three <laughs> times last week. I had to too. Where, and I changed the, the official one three yep. times, because it was like, uh, yeah, this, this can't happen. Like, I can't do this because I didn't do that. 
and but I and I didn't do that thing because they had this other thing or yep. they had this assembly or whatever yep. or they just didn't get it and I got to yep. spend another day and I'm now pushing stuff or removing stuff that I was going to do yeah. and they're not they're not looking at it like day to day I did this I assess it in the moment now when I do this thing again Tomorrow or do the, the, the follow-up, I've got to do something different. I can't do what I thought I was going to do last week when I wrote this stupid yep. document. I need to do something totally different. And they unfortunately, they're not, they're not leaving the teacher enough space and time to sit back and do that kind of reflection mm -hmm. on a daily basis about their lessons. Yep. Like I get the, I have the added benefit of teaching the same lesson four times a day. Oh, so, that's nice. Well, that's because I've got four groups of sixth graders. So I I'm teaching the that. same thing over and over and over. So by the time I get to the last one, I can see where all the problems are in not only the lesson itself, but in what they were getting from it or not getting from right. it or whatever. And then I can then plan the next day and say, okay, 60% of these kids in all of sixth grade, they we didn't, we didn't achieve the goal. Right. So I can, I, I need to do something different. That or it was far too easy for everybody and we need to move faster or do another right. thing. Or maybe I look at the book and go, they already know this. If they already know this, why am I going to do this again? Right. And skip over that and go to the next thing that is much more challenging in the same chapter or whatever. That, that, that kind of reflection needs time. Without time, the teacher does not effectively do that work. Right. Well, and for for my kids, we're supposed to teach them punctu excuse me, punctuation marks, quotations, commas, whatever. And then from there, I was supposed to teach them question words and how to write a question and which punctuation to use. The problem is some of them already knew the, the punctuation marks, but they cannot construct a question. It's... You can tell they're second language learners and they're writing as if it were structured in the same fashion. They don't understand how the words are used. They don't understand they have to put a question mark at the end of the question. They don't understand the how much, how many, how old concept. So we're supposed to get this part done in a week and then move on to commas in a list. But if we can't move on to commas if they haven't gotten questions. You can't do it. I mean, you can. You can, but you're but going to drop off a whole bunch of kids. That, I'm going to drop out of 50 kids, understand. only probably seven of them got the questions. Right. You should uh, yep. tell the story of your one of your kids' word error. <laughs> Check out my Instagram. <laughs> that is, you know it. That's fine. Check out the Instagram. Let's, let's, uh, Let's wrap it up. You got anything, any any lasting ending stuff before I go to the paper? Nope. Nothing. I think today I'm, I'm hungry. I'm gonna I'm gonna do laundry. I'm it's, gonna no, bring no, no, papers. No, I'm gonna no, watch no, football. No, you lunch. Lunch. I did oh, wait, not. We got, I still have pizza in there too. <gasps> oh, let oh. me tell you about the pizza before Ooh. you go. On Friday oh. at quarter to four, Aaron says, "Please order pizza for dinner." problem so i go to papa john's because it it's the problem. only place we can get pizza without cheese every single time without a problem so i order it 
I get this message on the screen that says your order is being processed. If you don't get a confirmation email, please call this number. Well, I didn't get a confirmation email within 10 or 15 minutes, so I called the number. Well, nobody there speaks English, so they hung up on me. So at this point, Aaron says, just cook dinner. So I go and I make dinner. Yeah. And then at 6.30, Papa John calls to say the pizza's going to arrive in 30 minutes and they want to make sure that the order is correct. It's almost three hours later that they even called to confirm the order. So I didn't have to cook yesterday because they had pizzas. You had to cook. You had to make burritos. Oh, yeah. I had to make you burritos because that was a request. But it really what's wasn't. The, what's the stuff that we I keep eating now? The soy chorizo. 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 Yes. It, it's soy-based. so it's. But soy-based. this particular yeah, one sorry. that you that works the best, it's a little oily, so it causes gas. I don't have gas problem. Well, Aaron does. Oh, well, Aaron's got a different problem. I mean, look at look 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 at that boy. What's wrong with him? him? He's handsome. He looks just, like his just daddy. Look at him. I should take a picture. He's a ginormous young man. Just look at him. Here. The Jolly Beige Giant. Yeah, we'll take a picture so that everybody can see. The Jolly Beige Giant. This is what happens. This is this is how this is how the the feeling that the camera has right now is oh my god he's over here. It's the fear. Why? You don't have to. Maybe we need to change the lens. We're using the Nifty Fifty this week. The Fifty. It's it's because because of because of the because of the camera using the Fifty. It's uh, the zoom is multiplied, and so we have to we have to get a better camera. What? Oh, dear God, that's money. <laughs> but I want to go to Acapulco, and I want to go to Chichen Itza. I, I want to take good pictures. But you can take good pictures. <laughs> I want to take good pictures in those places, so we need a new camera. <laughs> so that means I need to, I don't know. Also, what kind of ca- I, I'm, a, I'm a Canon man. I'm all about the Canon. Also, but, uh, Dad, you need the new monitor to view the new pictures. Shut your hole. That thing is brand new. What are you talking about? Wait, this? Yeah. No. This is, this is now too small. Yeah, it's too small. I need it. What is that, a 32-inch monitor? Actually, I think it's a 28. I don't think so. I think it is. It's too small. It is not too small. What we need is the the big 50-inch. It's a 4K button. We need the big 50-inch to sit on my gigantic. Yeah, point is, it's too small and I need it. Even at Best Buy, they don't even sell a monitor this big. It was very funny. Listen. They don't have they don't have one monitor at Best Buy this big. Y'all can kiss my big white behind. You do not need a new monitor. No, no, I do need. You do not. I think what I need, what what would be good is two of the same size. Yes, because then you could have you know larger size. and curved. You just curved. put your hand in the thing again. Oh God! Wow, good job. So yeah, I need two curved ones, and then the new laptop. To power it all. And what? Wait, where is this money coming from? You, dude. You. I know, listen. I know I make more than everybody else. You. But we're no, trying- no, 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 no. You're gonna be doing all the work. We're gonna be doing all the YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, when I quit the school, <laughs> you'll be doing all the work. 
<laughs> okay. I actually wouldn't have a problem with that if our housing was covered. In fact, that was the plan. If we, I got a position as a teacher that covered housing, you were going to stay home. That is what I really, really wanted. Yeah. I looking, really wanted looking, you to stay home with the children. so much better at this point to be staying at home. I, I think I'd rather do dishes for a year. Most women would never say ever that they want their husband to stay home. <laughs> I'd rather do dishes. Yeah, for a year. Oh it's like, God. take a year off. I, I, I'm sorry, but the, I don't... <clears throat> it does I, make a I huge difference. I don't think people really understand. Taking that time off in China, I have way more tolerance and patience than you do. I'm, you are I, like I, I, I told them this week. I was like, I don't know if I should continue here. I, it's like I just I, everything about what you all are doing goes against what I think should be done. It's like I just I I don't know if this is a a good thing for me because I'm I'm starting to question the profession because of this school. Yeah, but you're not the only one. I that's the point. Like you know, I've I'm had several question, teachers. Should I, even, should I even be teaching because of the stuff I'm experiencing at this particular school? I didn't have that in China. No. no. It was just really annoying. Yeah. You know, it was like it was like ridiculous things on a daily basis. But here it's like maybe maybe I shouldn't be teaching because this is if this is the way it's it is around the world i can't keep going into situations like this i had one teacher who's been teaching for nine years say to me i think that that i need to quit teaching i need to not be in this profession anymore i need to do something different and the bad thing that i don't like is the school will think it's the teacher right it's like no it's you you're the yeah, reason and, why i feel this way yeah and we've already had a teacher quit in my grade we have another teacher who she was told that she might get a 26th student in the classroom. We only have room in our classrooms for about 23 and we each have 25. And so she's like, if they give me a 26th student, I quit. She's like, I don't care that I've been there for 25 years. She ain't going to work. I, I don't care. She ain't going to work. Two of them quit. Before they even got here. One one, no, one quit, quit after being here last year. Right. She was here last year and she lied and said she wasn't coming back because her grandfather was ill. But then one of the teachers, daddy's co-teacher, saw her in the parking lot where everybody at the school parks their car. So she never left. And then the other one was a Mexican teacher and he quit before he even started. We were told he was going to start on Monday or Tuesday and on Wednesday, we found out he already quit. Yep. So they still don't have a Chinese teacher. Right. That they're that because for them, that is an acceptable reason to leave a job right. without without any social ramifications. I have to take care of a parent. If they tell you that inside of a different country, they're just lying to you. They're just yeah. flat out yep. lying to you. Because that's what they tell each other so that it's okay. It can't be. It can't be. I don't like your school. 
it can't be that this place is is not conducive to me teaching the way I know to teach. Right. Because basically they had problems with that person last year because neither one of them understood each other. Because the, the when teacher. When we got here, we did. We understood her completely. And the kids were like, Mrs. Farr, are we going to have origami class again this year? Origami class. Or, not Chinese class. Origami class. Origami class. That's right. Because the Chinese teacher only taught them origami. Because she didn't think she did she didn't think they she didn't they think could they learn. could learn Chinese. They she did to them what Chinese people do to foreigners no to foreigners in China. That oh you're not smart enough to learn. So Yep. We'll do something else. And that's exactly what she did to them. Not real and, and that's the thing. When you have people from other cultures, you should probably find out about that culture. You should not hire people from another culture and then not understand where they're coming from because if you have a teacher that has already determined that your students are not smart enough, then what do you expect them to do? Right. And now that happened um, in Wuhan. One of you, you asked one of your students how to say the, the peanut noodles and he told you and you said it exactly the way he said it. He's like, no. You said it like three more times, exactly how he said it. It's like, that's not how you say it. It's like, I just said it the same way. Rule, give me in. Rule, give me in. Yeah. That's I could eat that right now. Awesome. I could eat it right now. Me but too. if I did, I'd be, I'd be, I'd feel so, I'd feel so bad. Oh, guts. No, no, no. It didn't make me sick. It the problem was it made me, guts. like, I enjoyed it. That was the problem, and then you couldn't stop eating it. It was the MSG. You you were you were like eating it, and you're like you're like I'm full, like you feel genuinely full, and then ten minutes later you were like I need another order, and so then you good like you start eating that, and you eat it, and like ten minutes later you're like I need another one. It was like oh god, I gotta get away from this shit. It was bad. That's why it was bad. It didn't cause me any other. Problems. I didn't like the taste of it. Oh, that's like curry, Thai curry. Yeah, but see, the, yeah. but Thai Thai food never left me hungry. No, 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 no. Thai food was always like it didn't matter how much it was. Thai food was the best food we've had. I've had so far since yeah. being vegan. It's Thai, the Thai vegan food. Well, that's because they have everything. All right, is that all you guys got? Good. That's I'm it. so glad you got. That's all you got. I got the paper. It. You want to find the traveling fars? You can find the traveling fars on the YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, iTunes, and the Spotify at the traveling fars. If you like the Twitter and Instagram, you can always use traveling fars. And if you uh, are still doing the email thing, but not emailing us, damn it, travelingfars at gmail.com. And if you want to go to the blog space, which I need to post some pictures of Mexico on there. TheTravelingFars.Blueberry.Net. No E's in the blueberry. There you go. That's all we got. All, all. Oh, my little man went down. Little Mexican man down. Mommy, did you? Uh, so, so give it up. That's right. No. Give it. No. God, Timmy. No. <laughs> Thank you, Timmy. That's really loud in my ear hole. Oh, no, it's loud in everybody's ear hole. Yeah, it's loud in every single um, ear hole. Uh, that's all I got. Two hours, 34 minutes. 
I have not. I have not had time for Patreon. Yeah, we have to find out about I'm that. I'm so tired, and we I have to, so much to we do. Need to, we need to figure out how to do the Patreon thing and let you guys start paying for paying for all the good content. Paying for this content. Not paying for the content, but actually paying so that we can bring more content. That's what yeah. that's what the that's what I want to use the Patreon for. I want to be able. I want to. So like when we want to go to Chichen Itza or whatever. I really want to go to Chichen Itza. We can go and we can afford it and we can take our stuff and record it and you know afford the trip to bring to the people because that's what we do. We bring it to the people. Good radio. Looking at babies now. No, I'm going to cheat Anita. Okay, that's not necessary. You're just tap, tap, tapping, and now you're looking at baby faces. Say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. No, look up there. There they are. I'm looking to see Say how much it costs to, the... to go to Chitsunita. Say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. Peace.